Let's do this intro and shit. Hello, everybody. Um, before we get started today, it's imperative as always. I say this every episode. Like, subscribe, and share the fuck out of the podcast. Word to mouth. We talk about this a lot in the episode uh, with my guests. Um, it's how we do it. It's how we. It's how we branch out. It's how we, you know, get get to where we want to go. So those three things are imperative. So if you guys can do that, that really helps us out. That really helps us out. Um, you know, get more stuff, get a better setup, and all that. Um, on that note, feel free to check our Patreon if you want to donate. Um, we always take that. I'm gonna start. I think I'm gonna try to start making an effort to like. Because the Patreon's been kind of inactive, and I'm going to try to make an effort to actually post some stuff to that. Um, second thing I want to do, just kind of some housekeeping, some announcements. Um, I want to promote this. My good friend, The Round Hero. Uh, we just recorded a track about a couple weeks ago, and it is Fuego. It is dope. Um, but he is going to be performing um, at the Roz Talks, 12 to 6 p.m., and there's also going to be a live graffiti and painting. Uh, it's going to be outdoors, so they're all going to be, um, from what I understand, they're all going to be taking those kind of COVID precautions. So for those of you who are worried about that, um, they'll be doing that as far as I know. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm hopefully going to be there. I we I just realized after telling them that we have a podcast in the middle of that, so I don't know if I'll be there before or, like, or in the earlier or later, but hopefully I'll be there at some point. Um third thing uh kind of a sad sour note i kind of want to give i want to take some time to give an honorable mention to vavio muse um here i'll actually pull up the instagram post here quick um these guys they they were doing a lot of shit they were um you know when i saw Duran hero this guy i was just talking about for the first time he performed there um with along with a lot of other hip-hop artists and it's is just very sad that um i i assume during fuck if i can spell this right maybe <laughs> shit maybe i can cut this out while i find it uh, maybe ah yes here we go vaudeville god i'm a fucking idiot um yeah, so here's the post. Volvium Muse opened December 5th, 2002. Cause of death, COVID-19. Fall 2020. The old and weak die. This do-it-yourself venue welcomed thousands of artists to bring their original creations to Des Moines. Many have indel- indelible memories of simpler times. The public responded going to big or small events, moving to the creative landscape forward. Some will say that the Muse passed too soon. Others say that the acts and the staff empire gen- inspired generations to come. So, yeah, very sad. Um, this this was uh, this was kind of heartbreaking. I'm not gonna lie. This was a huge venue for independent artists, people who, you know, like we're talk like we talk about in the episode. You know, people who maybe don't have that outreach. They were kind of it was a it was a place for those kind of artists. And unfortunately, it's no longer that. So, my heart goes out to the people who run that. Um, and anyone else who performed there or enjoyed it, um, this is a very sad day for, or very sad time for any local Des Moines musicians. So I really hope, um, once COVID ends that we can maybe get something else going in the area. Um, the last thing I want to touch upon, um, 
I don't even want to get political with this. Really? I just want to say there's a lot of things going on right now. And we didn't talk about it in the episode. I don't really want to talk about it. There isn't really any purpose. You guys probably all know what I'm talking about. Um, the thing I want to just remind everybody is even though things are stressful, things are tight, you know, people are talking about, you know, a civil war of information, ideas. The important thing is unity. We got to remember that we're all people and we all have hearts and brains. We all have, we all have independent thoughts and experiences and those make us different people. And we just need to, we just need to try to be, you know, have some unity. Um, that's all. That's all I want to say. My guest today, this man is a really big player actually in the Dwayne podcast. Uh, I was really surprised he reached out to me, and you know, uh, upon reaching out to me and looking at his podcast, I was like, "Wow, he's big. He's got a, he's got a logo. He he has I think 108 episodes. I think that's the biggest catalog of any podcaster I've I've seen from around here. Surely far more than I have. Um, but yeah, so this this was a great fucking episode. Uh, very interesting character. It was really fun to talk with a fellow podcaster." And I hope he comes back soon. Give it up for Peter Stockdale. Hello, everybody. You're watching slash listening to the McAllister Hours. As always, I'm your host, Cole McAllister. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, Peter Stockdale. What's up, everybody? He runs the Audible Farm podcast, which um, he reached out to me and he was like, you know, let's swap. Let's, you know, come on the show and uh we had a guy drop out we were gonna do a limo podcast say that didn't happen oh that would have been cool oh uh, yeah that would have been so cool it was just hard to it was hard to figure out the specifics of it you know because mm-hmm. he had power everything i didn't want to oh. like drain his car battery and yeah. you know setting everything up it just would have been a nightmare so we decided to uh hold off on that yeah let's keep it in your back pocket for another <laughs> time that's a cool idea yeah yeah that was weird. <laughs> How are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. It was a nice drive down here, you know, and um, I'm I'm from northern Iowa, for anybody that doesn't mm. know, but, like, I, I'm always down here in Des Moines, you know, whether it's for, like, okay. bands and things like that, so uh, for a while I would come down here and do podcasts, you know, in person, and I still do in-person podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. I've switched a little bit to doing Skype and in-person, but I still do come down and, and you know, talk to people. Um, it's... You know, you get used to the drive. It's not really that big of a deal. Some people are like, well, it's like two hours one way. That's insane. And it's like, well, I don't know. When you do it every day and, or like, you know, two, three times a week, it's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. You get used to it. Well, you know, I'm sure, you know, be podcaster. I'm sure you listen to your own podcast. So that probably helps. A little bit. A little you know, bit. <laughs> uh, I tend to listen to other people's, you know, it's uh, it's weird because I even ask people you podcast with, like, did you re-listen to the episode? And they're like, no, I was there. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, you were, but don't you feel like you want to re-listen to anything you said? And I don't know. For a while, I was really, really deep into that. I was like, I have to listen to every single thing. I have to, I have to edit this down perfectly. And I was, I was even going as far as doing like radio style edits where it's like, take out the breaths in between things. Cause I was only doing audio. So it was like, mm. go, go gung ho in this. Cause people don't want to hear like, you know, like in between things or like, they don't, they don't want to hear like a crinkle of a water bottle. So it's like, delete all that out if you can and and go with it and then i was like this is too much this is too invasive and then <laughs> so you know you eventually dumb down your style a little bit and, yeah um then after a while it was like i'm not even going to listen back to most of this or i'll take notes while i'm doing the podcast and be like 
I need to come back and address something at 36 minutes. And then I'll, I don't, I always, it's always fun coming back and you're like, what was I like, what did I need to readdress? And then you're like, Oh, it's that it's, that's what I need to do. You know? So, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts recently. I've like started discovering other Iowa music style podcasts where people talk to like musicians and entertainers and things like that around Iowa. And, uh, it kind of intrigued me cause that's what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I can't talk to everybody. So I thought to myself, you know, why not, uh, there we go. That's cool. I, you know, why not, uh, maybe we're, uh, we're back everybody. All right, cool. <laughs> um, let's just jump into like some of your background. Um, where are you from? Uh, all that. All right. Yeah. I'm from uh, Humboldt, Iowa. It's the land of Gotch, Frank Gotch. If anybody doesn't know Frank Gotch, he was a world champion wrestler, uh, oh. around the night mm-hmm. around the 1900s. And he's from Humboldt, Iowa and a uh, world champion wrestler. But yeah, so, uh, I'm from that area and, uh, uh, let's see here. I was in a band in high school. It was called active input. We, uh, played kind of punk covers and things like that. We didn't do too many original songs, but, uh, instead we would do like, you know, pop punk from the two thousands. Cause that was, you know, pretty much the era of music I grew up with. So mm-hmm. we're talking like newfound glory and stuff like that. Sorry. Keep going. We still crackling a little bit. No, no. Okay. I think we're good now. So, uh, Jesus. yeah, we, I mean, I would end up like playing shows around like smaller towns around the Humboldt area and stuff okay. like that, you know, play at, uh, pools. We played a pool party once somewhere, um, in a small town and that was pretty fun. But, you know, as everything goes and you're in high school, everybody goes a different direction. You know, one guy went to college, one guy went to the military, and everybody kind of just took off. And uh, the drummer eventually joined up with a metal band down here in the Des Moines area, and it was called Dark Mirror. And they were, you know, as far as metal goes, they were a a staple around the area for 10 years or so. And they played a lot of shows with a lot of bands. And, uh, I mean, a lot of people in that area know, know of that band and... Not terribly long ago, I decided, like, why not pick up the guitar, you know, try and play again, because I haven't played very much in my 20s, so mm-hmm. I picked up the guitar, and I was like, well, this is uh, this is different, you know, I had to figure out, how do I play this and not just, like, read what somebody tells me to play, because if you're playing cover tunes, it's like, play this chord at this time, play this chord at yeah. this time, you know, and it's like, how do I improv, how do I learn how to do something on my own with this, so I had to learn, like, scales and keys and certain things mm-hmm. like that, and started figuring out, like, oh, this is how people do this stuff or whatever and uh once i figured out like i knew what i was doing um my the, my drummer buddy from high school his name's clint blumker he was the drummer in dark mirror he played drums in a lot of other bands over the years too but uh he was in a punk band called three finger betty and mm. they were like hey you know if you want to just learn a couple of the tunes swing down just play with us just see what happens you know it's not like it's not like we need another person <laughs> but let's see what let's just see what yeah, happens let's have some fun yep. yeah so um me having now figured out like keys and scales and things like that i could figure out like oh this is all the songs they have recorded and they're online to listen to so i'd go listen to them and be like this is what key these are in and then i'd start to figure out oh this is how you play all these songs and you know once i started realizing that i'd I'd never tried to like listen to the radio and replicate a song that was some of my first instances of doing that and it's not ludicrously intricate like classical finger picky style yeah, stuff yeah. it's it's punk music and it's yeah. <laughs> not to like down on it there's there's you know intricacies involved but it's still you know i had to learn how to do that from scratch and i showed up at the practice and it's just like well, what songs do you know it's just like just start playing one because i'll know it you know at that point so you know you go in there and you play all the songs with them and stuff like that and they think oh this is really cool and 
join up with a band, play my first show, and um, yeah. it's weird when you play your first show, I always think, like, <laughs> even as I'm like an adult, quote unquote, you know, an adult, now, who's an adult, really? I've, I've been having that, I've been pondering that question a lot lately. <laughs> that might be a different podcast topic for a different time. <laughs> Anyways, I'm an adult. For people watching, there's heavy air quotes, <laughs> but I'm an adult, you know, so I go play a show and it's just like, I'm super nervous and there's, you know, and I'm not trying to say like, that's just how music goes, but not everybody's like a huge mega rock star and you show up to a bar yeah. and it's like, there's 30 people there, you know, top, tops, and some of them are there to drink beer and not listen to you. And I'm yeah. sitting here sweating bullets, like everyone's going to watch me and judge me on the internet. And it's, it's like, dude, you're an adult. Just, just go with, <laughs> just go with it. You prepared for this. It's not a big deal. And yeah, you know, and that's something I always think uh, a lot of musicians go through is like those jitters when you're first, when you first got to go up there and play. I, I don't, I mean, everyone goes through it a little bit and you have to go through it. I think somewhat every time you go on stage, yeah, but uh, yeah. it goes away quicker for some people and other people not. And, you know, getting out of your elements, never easy though. No, God, no. Well, and the, you know, there's something about like reading the crowd, like you said, you know, and that's uh, Seth Leopold. He's another guy we've had, and we've talked about like how he is so not upset, but like how he wishes there were other venues for people to perform. Cause mm-hmm. it seems like in Iowa, you know, very, you know, drinking state, kind of every concert you go to it's you know a lot of people drinking which i'm not saying is a bad thing but yep. you know i guess for performers it would be nice to like play to you know other crowds yeah um and i mean that's kind of the the double-edged sword of the whole thing like mm-hmm. live music and alcohol go hand in hand and i don't know whether or not like i, I made a joke once in a meme online and I, i'm glad it didn't go very far because people probably won't take it the right way but i always wondered like uh is alcohol and live music hand in hand because like only people who drink want to listen to live music you know or is it that like live music induces people to want to drink and have a good time you know like which one is the benefactor here or do they like lean on each other and one can't stand without the other i always wondered that you know i would say the latter probably yeah um i mean i definitely have been to shows where nobody's drinking and uh been to shows where people are drinking and people who are drinking are definitely more rowdy and that gets you know and that gets people on stage to you know perform you know in a bigger sense because i mean you can go play at a small bar and you can just treat it like a small bar you don't have to treat it like an arena but you can (laughs) you can make it you know you can make it out to be a slightly bigger thing than it is you know and people enjoy that you know yeah have a little more energy than you know what's expected probably yeah i mean you 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 talk to a lot of like people who are either like djs and and r&b artists and rappers and things like that and they're not just going to stand there and not move at all you know, up. Yeah. bingo why can't somebody playing guitar do that you know why can't mm. you know and i've been to shows where you can tell people it just seems like people are not enjoying themselves standing on stage and it's like it's hard for me to enjoy what you're doing if you're just sitting there like you know melancholy faced not you know not into it and so i i don't know i'm a little guilty of getting too into it you know i'm always running from one side of the stage to the other and and making faces and stuff you know i'm <laughs> i'll try to be as animated as possible while on stage and i think people take to it you know to some extent you know uh back when i was in high school i was actually a member of the pep band i played guitar nice I played guitar for about uh well i i kind of took, took a hiatus for a couple of years i kind of just recently getting back into it i did jazz guitar in college that's cool yeah so i've played for about 10 15 years i would say roughly mm-hmm. um but i remember when i was in pep band i would dress up in all the school colors and i would like go crazy and roll around the floor and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. just, i'd be like angus young up there you yep. know yep. yeah um that that you know especially during covid like that energy is like really you know 
it's it's uh kind of been lost in the whole rock thing i feel like yeah i mean that's the other thing that's weird about it too like i mean i don't i try my best to avoid covid talk as much as possible even yeah, on my yeah, podcast same. but it has affected everything so it's it's a po- it's like the elephant in the room you got to address it mm-hmm. but i mean it's weird because i love going to shows and seeing people move around and stuff like that and i've and i've still played at shows since you know coming back i'm from a smaller town there's mm-hmm. some of the places aren't locked down some places allow music and when they did if we booked a show i would play it so like you'd go there and you, and you want like i said you want that high energy you want people moving around and, and doing stuff but I mean, I've been to some shows where some people are moving around and, and moshing into each other. And I'm, I, like I said, I'm, I'm not terribly like overly reactive about it, but it's still just, you're still watching that. Like, man, these people are bumping into each other mid pandemic, you know, like yeah. regardless of how serious anyone wants to take it, it, it's just like, that's a little over the top. And I wonder if that'll ever go away. I think, you know? Yeah, no. And that's like, that's kind of the debate. Like. Is, are we ever going to go back to what was before, or is this just going to be the new normal? Oh, I hope it's not the new normal. I mean, there are some parts about this that I, I do enjoy, like people standing six feet away from each other. Like, I don't know. I was a big fan of that beforehand. I'm a fan of it afterwards, you know. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Like, I sit and think about some cultures like Japan. You know, they have, mm, they, don't, yep. they have no mask mandates at all. Everyone just wears a mask to be courteous. And yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe... Maybe that's a little over the top. I don't know, but it's still like it seems like a really nice thing to do. I wouldn't mind if that was something that was more common here, you know? Yeah, you know, like I think when the mask thing first happened, and not to get into this too much, but I think when that first happened, I was really resilient on it. But you know, after a while, you just realize, you know, it's a really simple thing to just be able to, you know, when you go to the store, just put on a mask for 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, and, you know, that way nobody's yelling at you, freaking out. But people are gonna thank me tenfold. Who wants to look at this? No, I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's just one of those things and it's crazy how it's affected the music scene i um i I wonder how you know like it's it's weird to talk about because i I think about how everybody kind of adjusted mid pandemic you know a lot of musicians started doing live streams and things like that and as, as weird as it sounds i was always really into um you know people that were doing live djing stuff with with like a full setup i was really into people with ableton launch pads and things like that because it's like oh you're doing almost all of this with you know with no you can't just like put your hands up and be like look how cool i am because you have to punch all the buttons in and stuff and so i was i started looking online i'm like oh, these guys have been doing this forever you know these guys have been doing this since day one you know this yeah. is this is this is where they're at and you know, some of my friends, I mean, even as far as like as ludicrous as it sounds, you go on PlayStation 4, you can get on the PlayStation Network and watch live feeds from people. And that's what, there's a lot of that going on on there. And one of my buddies used to just turn that on in the background and just be like, I don't know, this is what's going to go on on the TV in the corner while nobody's paying attention. But while you're watching it, you're like, this is pretty cool, whatever this guy's doing, you know, because I can't do any of that. Because I just play, like I said, I play guitar. So I'm always wowed by people that can, yeah. you know, run in Ableton or even like DJ systems and stuff like that. It's way easier now than it's ever been, but it's still pretty mind-blowing that people can do it i'm still you know that's one of those things as far as music and talking to musicians and stuff i was always scared like country music's not my thing am i gonna like talking to country musicians and then you you talk to them you go see them live and stuff you're like i can't do any of this stuff this guy's doing you know i i can play guitar but this guy's playing the guitar completely different ways thinking up different stuff and it it's you gain an appreciation for Mm. it you know that's interesting um no, like uh, the, the things with the streaming, like it, it's almost like it was set up for COVID, you know, like mm-hmm. it just was a perfect it, like 
it was a perfect transition for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like there were so many people that had nice, fancy setups. Like we were talking earlier about like, oh, you get an interface and a camera and you hook it all up and you put it on OBS or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. get something to control all of those things. You can get different angles and, yep. and you start plugging in different loops with whatever DAW you're running or what, you know, you can start linking all this stuff together and get a really crazy setup i've seen people just put a cell phone in the corner of the room and run it and it works fine you know if you're just doing acoustic stuff and singing as long mm-hmm. as you're not in like a hallway it the acoustic should be fine and it'll work it'll work well enough you know but the other cool thing is the people that had those really awesome setups could really tweak their sound and i know some people that did that where they set up a studio and they would just sit like you have with a nice backdrop and have everything it's all set up and you just sit down and you play and it's to the point where you could put it on a big screen TV with a sound system and it sounds amazing. So like these people that couldn't leave their houses or wouldn't or shouldn't, whatever, would be able to sit there and watch some of their favorite musicians play, you know, and be able to crank it up and have like high def streaming of somebody that like, oh, I would have gone and seen him this weekend, but nobody's playing shows now. So what am I going to do? It's like, well, he's on, on Facebook. Let's get on Facebook and stream it on the TV. Yeah. You know, so you get this like in-house theater experience with some of these people that went over the top with their with their setups and i you know i really appreciate everyone doing it like i said it was it was something that guitarists and things didn't really do too much of but the people that were you know djs and and people on that nature were doing a lot of it i mean i tend to think a lot of it's more tech savvy anyways if you're a dj you're gonna be a little bit more apt to run a computer yeah you need to and uh maybe some guitarists i know a lot of them that are I wouldn't say scared of technology, but they steer, they steer clear of it as much as possible. So tell me what to do. Yeah. 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 It's like, are you on Instagram? Like, no, nah, I don't know how to run that. And it's just like, it's an app on your phone. Like, I don't have apps. Like, Oh, okay. You know? And, uh, I envy that. Yeah. I wish I had a flip phone. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that too, though. Like the dichotomy of all the musicians and, and yeah. how everybody runs stuff. Like if you go on, um, music, you know, forums or like any of the local music, Facebook groups and things like that, um, there's just as many people posting rap stuff as, as, mm. you know, as any, like what I would call traditional, like, you know, guitar band style music. And the the cool part about that is, is like, these guys are on the internet. They're on here every day. They're, they're scrapping, they're doing, they're posting their new stuff. They're recording stuff. They're promoting their things. And I feel like some of that's lost in like the traditional music scene nowadays. Mm. Cause since they couldn't hang flyers up and, and, you know, all those, all that stuff went away and a lot of people are just like i'm lost i don't know what to do you know you put it on facebook and who looks and it's like well that's when you got to get it in the groups yeah. and you got to go to forums and and find like-minded individuals like yourself being you know a podcaster and say like what are you doing like is there any way you and i could like high five each other and just let everybody know that we both exist and you know help each other out you know yeah that's actually like uh kind of what i was going to ask you like i guess i'm kind of just said but like i'm curious how you think you know the streaming because you know gives people more access but at the same time they're kind of lost in the algorithm you know uh yeah um i mean that's give me just a second good i mean that's one of the crazy things i think about like i feel like there is a weird plateau that everybody faces uh at some point in their life whether or not you're like lifting weights you'll plateau if you're working out you'll plateau somewhere if you're playing music eventually you only get so good and you're like i hit a roadblock and it's it's that Mm -hmm. way with social media i feel like almost every band gets to one spot and wherever that spot might be and then it just stops you know whether it's 500 likes or 3,000 likes or whatever it is and you can't some of those bands just can't find ways to get over that plateau and you know some of it is I've seen bands with way more likes that are inactive on their social media and I've seen you know 
things that are very active. Um, maybe like my podcast, Facebook and Instagram, I try to post like once a day, which is, you know, maybe too much, you know, and, and that's the thing. How do you guess through the algorithm? You don't know. It changes all the time. There's certain like rules you got to follow. Like if you're going to post, uh, Oh, there's something on my YouTube page. You post a a screenshot and not the YouTube link. And you put the link in the comment section because that pushes it through the algorithm better. It's just a big load of nonsense. I mean, I get some Mm -hmm. of the tactics that are involved. Um, I didn't know that if you put your link in the description it works the algorithm better yeah so i mean you gotta think about it from facebook's point of view they want you to stay on facebook and look at their look at their ads and stuff so if you share a youtube link it's directly on the front of the page it says take me away from facebook and Mm. facebook says we're gonna Back, we're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna put that one in the back pocket and try to avoid this as much as possible uh, and only leave the people that are on facebook a lot that scroll through a ton it's like all right fine we'll show you that thing you know mm-hmm. or if you really really like what the person has if you like like every single thing they post you'll, you'll see it but um if you like say post uh the thumbnail just a picture and say hey i've got a new video up on my youtube link in comments and you put it in the comments section it makes the person it makes first of all it has people that really want to watch your thing come find your thing that's like mm. some of the benefit of it because yeah, they have, they have yeah. to click into the comments but the other end of that is facebook's not burying that because even though it's in the comments it's it's stashed away there so people are gonna have to dig into it to try to leave facebook so it's only for people that really wanted to leave facebook anyways mm. it's this weird like and i get i get the there's probably some formula they have for it but like i said i get some of that and some of it i don't because i've seen people not follow that rule and be very successful but it's also like the new like quote unquote rule of thumb if you want oh, i made a new thing here's the cover art link and comment you know and that's mm. that's been the new thing but it's also like i said it's tough because people just scrolling by can't just like click on it and take you there so yeah and i don't know and even then you get on youtube and it's like what's the youtube algorithm like you know and <laughs> yeah it's arguably worse you know it's it's tough i mean i could sit at my house and just review all of the stuff i put on the audible farm youtube page like over and over and over again and give it thousands of likes and it's not going to push it up the algorithm because they know it's coming from the same you know ip address or the same mac address that is located on the same wi-fi that upload i mean they go through all this nonsense to figure out who's doing that stuff so uh just i mean that's the worst part is like even though there's all these algorithms and stuff uh natural it's like word of mouth is still even though it's now on social media it's still the best way to do it you have to have natural people naturally sharing your stuff and um and I, I mean, I'm just as guilty as everyone is peppering the Facebook groups with, you know, hey, check out this week's podcast. But sometimes I feel like it's more of a hindrance than, you know, it's like I shared this in 10 different places and only this many people saw it. Last week, yeah. I shared I shared it in three places and more people saw it, Huh. you know. And so maybe Facebook knows like, oh, you're posting this stuff in a lot of places. We're just going to push this out of the algorithm, you know, because it's not important because you're trying too hard or something. Yeah, I mean, that's the scariest thing about all this, too, is, like, we don't even really know what's going on. It's just kind of up to their discretion, mm-hmm. you know? I was watching uh, this, uh, shit, what was it? Uh, the Social Network. Mm-hmm. The movie about Mark Zuckerberg last night. Okay. You know, Facebook is just, like, a necessary evil, I feel like. I, I have always hated Facebook. I just got it again after deleting it for the third time, yeah. <laughs> like, six months ago. Yeah. And I will say, like, with the podcast, it's really helped. It's really helped me grow, like, but fuck i hate facebook um yeah man i mean i went like five or six years not being on facebook i went to i went to twitter only and people oh twitter is negative it's only well if you find the right people it's not as negative you know and i was Mm. 
I was a really big fan of uh, the independent promo- uh, professional wrestling scene around Iowa and the Midwest, so I was really big into following those guys and see what they were doing every week and where they were going, and I would travel a lot to go see them and stuff. I regret never having a podcast about that because, um, <laughs> you know, I spent so much time around those guys, and I was like, this is really cool, but, um, gosh, I don't, I, don't even, I don't know. It's... I guess it just is what it is. I uh, the 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 whole social media thing is it's rough. You, it's a necessary evil, like you said, but there are ways around it. I mean, mm-hmm. you can. Um, and I've I've actually looked into doing this because I'm not really a big fan of being on Facebook either. But I get on it, and I feel like I have to support other people that are doing the same things like like you. And yeah, I'm trying to true. train my own algorithm to be more like that, you know. And it's it's tougher on. I mean, on on Twitter, you can filter out code words you know so you can be like i don't want to if anybody says election trump biden just take it off my feed i didn't know you could do that yeah Hmm. facebook it's you can't you know and uh, (laughs) that's the rough part about facebook you know so uh stuff you don't want to see you can avoid seeing on twitter a little bit easier but like on facebook it's kind of rough so you have to like you have to go through all of the the social news feed type stuff that is inherent you know it's going to come and it's it's rough to be involved in but you know it's going to happen and i i try my best just to steer clear of it and that's why i only share stuff about my podcast from my personal page because it's like my opinion on so much else doesn't matter this is what i'm putting my time and energy into it and it's like this is something good it's bettering the community that i'm involved in which is the music community you know in northern iowa and beyond so i was just like i'm just gonna do my best to try to only put good good vibes out there and avoid the rest and it's like you said it's super super tough you know um i'm sure i'm sure you're just like me and you kind of get sucked in a little bit and you're like ah i'm so mad at all this stuff and then you're like i need to just back it up for a second Uh, i got really i not to talk about this too much, but I really did get sucked in this week. I'm not going to lie. I was on Facebook all pissed. Comment. I, I had yesterday, I had like a fucking, not like a meltdown, but I was just so upset about stuff. And then like my neighbor made some comment to me about like the noise. And it was just like, uh, I, won't, I won't talk about what, but it was just like really out there and inappropriate. And I was just like, like, I just like, and so I'm off social media for the whole weekend. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it it's a it's a cesspool. Yeah, um, I think it goes a lot along the lines of like uh, Bill Hicks, comedian. He he had mm. he had some joke somewhere around like you turn on the news and it's just like you know. Uh, a school bus full of children was t-boned by a drunk driver and then you know the shuttle exploded and then asteroid hit the earth and a whole bunch of people are dead and stuff like and it's just anarchy everywhere and you open your front door and it's like crickets are chirping and everyone says hello (laughs) and it's like we're all still human and and able to interact with each other regardless of what they're all showing us it's just like i mean i i do get it there is a lot of like you know horrible things going on in the world but like i live in a small town and there's almost none of that going on up there you know and yeah. uh, i still haven't interacted with people that are like it's so weird how brave people are online you know they'll say anything and do anything and then you go into public and everyone actually has like tact you know yeah. or like a, a little <laughs> bit of class and it's like why is this lacking online you know like plus like i don't know I've needed help doing things before and, and when people help me doing things when they're just like, you listen here, dumbass. And it's just like, <laughs> I'm not going to listen, you know? But, and so when people make points and that's their focal point on, on Facebook is like, all right, dumbass, this is the way it is. And it's like, yeah, nobody's, the people you're talking to are instantly tuning you out and you just turn into Charlie Brown teacher and you're just wah, 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 you know? Yeah. 
And so then, I don't know, let's tie that back to like the algorithm. I wonder how much posting is too much online, you know, for like a band or something like that. And it's just like, mm. how much is too much when you're like out there, like every week, like I go to a show, like check out our new single, like we got a music video, you know, or like how much sharing is oversharing. And I was, I always wonder that because I feel like you can't share too much, but once again, I don't know. You probably can. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like we said, uh, it's hard, it's hard to judge. It's hard to gauge, Yeah, you know, how that's all works. Um, so you live in a small town, uh, was it, Atuma, Atawatama? Uh, I, I live in Humble. I live in Humble. Oh, Humble. Yeah. I actually, uh, I, I talked to a few people from the Atuma area, actually, okay. recently. There was somebody from the Atuma area on my recent podcast, so that's probably what you, where you were thinking about. But yeah, I mean, uh, not terribly different types of towns, I guess. Like, uh, Humboldt is a small town in northern Iowa. There's mm-hmm. not terribly much going on. There are a couple places that have live music um, in the town there. Uh, the, I live near Fort Dodge, I guess would be the easiest way to okay. say it. So, like, if you know where Fort Dodge is, the music scene up there is popping like crazy. If, wow, if, I didn't if, know that. If you guys are, like, interested in seeing any of the music-type stuff that's going on there, most of the – I've interviewed most of the people in the area on my podcast at least at one point in time or another, um, whether they be singer-songwriters themselves or just drummers and bands and things like that. So there's a, you know, a pretty good scene going on there, and – I, it was kind of weird because when I started playing music, I joined a band in Des Moines and I, I spent no time in the Fort Dodge music scene. And it was, like I said, it was just odd because it was, I live near a scene that has a lot of people in it and I was not involved in it, you know, <laughs> and I like, I like leapfrogged down to the Des Moines area and I did all my shows down there and it took me a while to finally like interact with people. Actually, it took starting a podcast and that's how some people were like, oh, you live like right over here and you have a podcast. Why don't you just drive down to Fort Dodge and talk to us? And I was like, all right, sounds good. And I ended up meeting a lot of people that I never would have met before and, you know, getting introduced to their bands and things like that. And um, I would show up at like jam nights and stuff and watch people play guitar. And it was just like, this is really cool. These people are hamming it up and just going crazy. And, you know, they get down and you talk to them and it's like, how, you know, how do you know what to play or what? Oh, it's like, I never, I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. And I was like, well, I need to get my improv chops up, you know? And eventually I did. And I went to some jam nights and stuff like that in the four Dodge area. And that was, uh, you know, another one of those we were talking about earlier, you know, you get outside of your comfort zone and you're like, oh man, is this going to be cool? And you're just sweating bullets the whole time. Like, is anybody going to like this? And I remember going to, it was called Patty's Pub in Fort Dodge. They, they recently closed, but they had jam nights every third Thursday and it would be packed. I mean, there'd be 20 or 30 guitarists that would go up on stage through the course of the evening. And it was, you know, five plus hour long gig. And, uh, wow. the, I mean, multiple drummers multiple i mean you name it and people would just be playing all sorts of songs and i i got invited to be the host musician for that so the host musician is pretty much like your deal is you have to play if nobody else wants to play and it's it makes sense you know so uh you go up there and play and it's never really much of an issue but like if if you have like 40 people there and everybody's got to get a shot and everyone only gets to play three four or five songs and then you're then you're done mm-hmm. for the evening so it's kind of luck of the draw what you get to play and and who you get to play with and stuff like that so that's some of the fun parts about jam nights but i was so nervous the first one i went to and eventually um you know that tension wears off you get a couple songs and you're like this is really cool you know and, and you start to like interact with the other musicians there and they're like, you did great and stuff like that. And then it, it made me realize like as nervous as you are to go somewhere, like people aren't maliciously sitting out in the crowd. Like, I hope you fail. Like, <laughs> you know, I hope this is horrible. So I look good and they do not, you know, like nobody is ser- that seriously maliciously thinking that stuff. And if people are, it's obvious and people don't like those people. Yeah. You they know, don't make it very far. Bingo. Yeah. yeah. You, you make it, you make it arms distance and that's, and that's about it. And that's, 
probably the roughest part about that is is crackling. I'm sorry I hit it. No, <laughs> you're fine. We're but, getting out of the face. Next episode will be not having any more of these technical issues. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's a, and, you know I think about that. Um, I I don't like I said I don't interact with too many people in like the R and B the hip hop area uh, around Des Moines and and wherever else in Iowa. But it makes me wonder. Like I I'm assuming it's very close to the same thing there. I'm assuming they don't have any of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's none of that malicious intent. You know, nobody. I've like I said I've seen it here and there, but the people get usually called out for it or not get invited back to a show or you know yeah. it's pretty obvious especially in like uh the independent music scene where you're playing it's like we got four bands on a show and if one of them is uh acting maliciously it's like oh well, this is pretty obvious they're not going to be invited back you know or if one person is loudly saying poor things about the band it's like well this this is not going to stand you know so uh <laughs> this aggression will not stand um yeah so well it's like who the fuck do you think you are you know you're in iowa <laughs> yeah i, I always thought that was a, like yeah and it's all and i'm not trying to be mean about like what we're all doing because we're all doing the same exact thing we're all out there and i'm not trying to be mean about the way that like payouts go and things like that but if you're in an in, in, like an independent band you're making original music like let's say in the punk rock anything like that you're not clearing like thousand dollar gigs every night like it's just not the way it works you're out there fighting for pennies and i'm not like not literal actual pennies paydays are better than that but like it's still like you're not going to fight with somebody over you know an 80 dollar bar night on a on a tuesday or whatever you know and it's like nobody's going to fight with somebody over like why would you even want to you have to enjoy doing what you're doing otherwise it's not worth your time and i mean i guess i'm case in point number one for that i drive two hours to every gig you know and the gigs are like if we split all the money up, it's barely enough to pay for my gas, you know? And it's like, well, all right, well. But, you know, it's not about that. No, no, it's definitely not. And uh, like I said, it's, you have to love doing what you're doing. I'm sure you see a lot of it in your line of work as well um, with the people you interact with. And I, that's the common point that a lot of people make in, in my podcast is just like, you have to like doing what you're doing. I've talked to young people, old people. It doesn't matter. I've talked to people who just first started playing just to get like different perspectives from everybody and you find everybody goes through the same issues it's like i played for a while it got kind of tough and i gave up and then i came back to it and then i got better and it feels like everyone has the same basic story and it's like what is your trick to success and it's just like i just kept going you know um you got to be in it for the long game you got to be in it for the long haul and that's one of those things i think about like you know, with, whether it be our podcast, whether it be a band, or whether it be anything, like, some of it is literally just a game of longevity, you know, you have to just be successful long enough to play the permanent game, you know, be in there forever, and uh, just by attrition, everyone's going to know your name, or that you're that thing, and sometimes, like, that's literally all it takes, obviously, some skill is involved, but, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, you can't just, you can't just rely only on Flash, that's for sure. No, no, not at all, it's not that you know 80s with glam metal or anything oh no i mean <laughs> that was that was an awesome time but you know that uh even looking back on it like it it became a caricature of itself pretty yeah. pretty quickly so i yeah. think about that too where it's like well this is it is what it is and i mean when i first started playing music and enjoying like guitar it's like i want to do this i want to do like the flashy solos and i want to have like the long hair and and all that other stuff and now you know I mean, i've adjusted my hat enough on the podcast it's not much of an option anymore for me yeah and so uh 
I don't know. I've I've been through different musical styles of enjoying things. Like I, I was raised on oldies. Um, my my dad was a big Roy Orbison fan, so I was mm-hmm. you know fed a lot of that kind of music. And then I Hell yeah. ended up going into like what's well, the first kind of music I kind of enjoyed was like punk music and like I said pop punk and things like that. And then I got in high school and um. One of my buddies, the drummer that I had talked about earlier, Clint, he was just like, you should check out some of this stuff. And he's like, it was Iron Maiden. And I was just like, oh, this is insanely good. You know, so then it was just like first taste into metal. And then I started listening to like metal. And it's like, oh, you can get heavier than Maiden or you can get like, you know, lighter than Maiden mm-hmm. in the metal. Like you said, hair metal or you can go like Pantera heavier or Megadeth or Metallica, yeah. you know, and all that other stuff. So I went through all these different, you know, phases. And then I quit playing guitar and I got off the internet and, and music just wasn't my thing anymore. And I, I enjoyed it still, but I started like we talked earlier before this, I was really into NPR and listening to talk radio and things like that, just cause I wanted to gain everyone's perspective on things. And, and, uh, you know, I got back into music, you know, but it was still one of those things that it's all, it's all in this big, long journey that you take to getting where you're going to go. And, um, I'm sorry, my stories get a little sidetracky, <laughs> but most, most of the t- I mean, this is kind of weird. I'm usually not the one put in the hot seat. You know, everyone always asks me, oh, you should you should have somebody come in and interview you on your podcast. And it's like, no, that's uh, no, good. And, and now I have that. So all those people that said I needed to get interviewed, I'm pointing you to this. And I hope you're listening right now Hell or watching. Yes. Hell yes. Either way. Um, I say we take a really quick break here. I'm so sorry. You've been it's just been crackly and bummer yeah bummer so we're gonna take a quick break i'm gonna try to fix that and we'll cool. be right back all right i've recorded i've recorded i've done podcasts in parks while it's windy i've done podcasts really? yeah i mean i've done them in coffee shops that were noisy <laughs> i've done them everywhere so i get it trust me it's not a big deal <laughs> All right, we're back. <laughs> we're back from the technical difficulty break. Yes, yes. Um, so I want to get into your podcast, All Audible right. Audible Farm Podcast. <laughs> yes. How did it start? What was your inspiration for it? Kind of get you kind of glossed over it a little bit, but what yeah. are some of the details? Um, all right, so I, I played in a punk band in Des Moines called Three Finger Betty, and uh, I still play in the band. Uh, we got an album coming out next month. Oh so, wow! Cool. So uh, maybe I'll get into that a little bit later. But like, yeah. uh, so. I mean, I play in the band, you go to shows and we talked, like I said, we talked about a little bit here and there and it's, it's not like you're getting the biggest payouts. It's not like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people go to every single show. So you, it's always like, what's the best way to promote this thing? You know, what's the best way to promote anything? And, um, podcasts are huge and I like having, you know, something to listen to. And I know people that listen to podcasts and I just kind of put the idea out there as like, would this be a thing that anybody would be interested in? I'd already started a YouTube channel where I started recording bands live and it's like, you guys are awesome. How come you don't have a CD? And they're like, we don't, you know, we don't know how we don't have the money. We don't have the time. We don't have the resources, whatever. And it's like, I'll just record you live. I've got a, you know, a simple enough setup that works well enough that it will sound good. And it won't be like those early two thousands potato phone recordings that people have online, you know? So I would put band, you know, videos online to try to help, you know, them promote it, you know, themselves. And it's like, if you ever, oh, you want to book a gig across the state and they're like, send us your album. It's like, well, I don't have an album, but here's a live recording. And when they hear a live recording, that's good. They're like, wow, this actually sounds pretty good. You know, as opposed to like a phone recording, it's tough to see what somebody sounds like, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. so they would be like, oh, this sounds pretty good. You guys are pretty awesome. Let's, uh, let's book you over here. So I did that for some bands and they got some bookings. And I was like, what if I, you know, try and dig a little deeper into this and do like a podcast or something like that. So I was like, anybody have any interest in this? Would anybody have any interest in coming on this is like, you know, that's one of the other things I didn't really think about beforehand too much, 
but you know people expressed a little bit of interest so i started one and um you know i i interviewed some of my friends to start out with and i started like talking to people i wouldn't normally talk to because i figured mm-hmm. it'd be a good way to branch out in the music yep. scene and maybe like not just you know make them aware of me but make everyone that i know aware of them as well or like let's say uh, um, I'm going to interview, you know, Ben Christopher from patient zero. He was like the third person I ever interviewed and I didn't know him like at all. I'd seen him live. I was friends with him on Facebook, interacted with him very minimally. And I was like, well, this is going to be weird sitting down with somebody. I don't know. You know, I was driving down to his shop that he manages and which is a uh, BRG music of Perry shout outs. No. Uh, so like if you guys are around that area and you need guitar work, that's where to go. No. Uh, so I did a podcast with him and it was kind of weird. Cause it was like, I don't know this guy very well. What are we going to do? How are we going like you know interact and stuff and it was it was my first taste of getting to know people that i i didn't know very well and mm. you start to find out like oh this guy is more than just a long-haired metalhead guy that plays you know guitar and, and he's you know angry you know like that's what you think metalhead long hair guitar angry guy you know uh don't talk to him regularly and then you find out it's like oh he plays more than just that oh he has a, a music shop he gives less you know and i started realizing that everyone has this wider story that needs to be told because uh, you can paint people in, you know, into this area where it's just like, this is what this person is, you know? And I'm, I'm sure you're finding that out too, where it's like rappers are more than just like, you know, whatever people perceive yeah, them to be. Cause, yeah. cause people put them in a box just as much as, you know, metal musicians or anything, you know? And it's like, you know, or you think about sixties, like hippie musicians, you know, it's like, Oh, hippie music. You know, it's like everybody, every music has this box that these people get put into and you start to figure out, yeah, you start to figure out like, Oh, this person's got a nine to five. They got a family. They're a regular person. Like they're doing all the stuff they're supposed to be doing, you know, trying to do like a regular person does. And they just happen to like this music and they're doing this too. And I felt like that was a, a good story to kind of tell, you know, or talk to people about as far as, you know, what, what made you start doing this, you know? And, um, it's kind of weird to have somebody ask me what made me start doing it. it was literally just nothing more than my curiosity as far as like what made you start playing guitar like did you start with and they're like oh this person started playing the trumpet first which you know or something you know and that's what I started with or they played piano or you know and you can kind of identify with people and I've even had people say oh somebody heard me on the podcast and they came up and talked to me about something I'd said and I was like well that's you know that's what it's literally all about is to make these people realize you can go up and talk to these people because yeah I mean I did, I did a podcast just a couple episodes back with a couple of guys that played a metal band in Des Moines. And I, I thought, I mean, I went all the way back to episode three with Ben and was just like, metal guys, scary. Like, and I play metal, I'm playing a metal band and I'm not, you know, I'm not a scary yeah, person. So, yeah. it's, so it's like, uh, it's not a big deal. And then eventually you realize like these guys, they were some of the biggest jokesters. It was blacked out world. And, uh. I mean, the funniest part about that, I started out the podcast. I didn't know one of the people when I started out, called him by the wrong name and, uh, we left it in there and, uh, they laughed it off, you know, and it was really funny, but that like set the tone for the whole thing. It was just a laugh riot the whole time. And, you know, I even had to admit to him, I was like, I went into this thing thinking, Oh, this is scary. You guys are like metal dudes and you're not going to like me. And, and there's some of the funnest people out there, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Maybe we're good now. Jesus fucking Christ. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. It just won't God. It just won't stop. I think it's the cable and but you sound good now. Um, All right. Shit. What the fuck was I just? Gonna... Oh, how long ago did you start your podcast? 
Oh, we just uh, it just went just over two years. So like, okay. uh, I had the two year anniversary. I started out with episode zero. Oh shit! I just <laughs> hit it. I, st- I started out with episode zero, and uh, episode zero was just a solo episode. I sat there and was just like, "This is kind of this is kind of who I am." I you know, mm. I, I play in this <clears throat> band. I do these kind of things, and uh, I'm just going to talk to people. You know, and it's not. I didn't want to go too deep into it because the podcast. You know. Like I said, it started out as like a promotional tool for like other bands as well as me, but it's not really about me. I used to, at the end of every episode, it was like, I got three weeks, I got a show coming up. You got to come check, you know, after a while I was like, nobody, you know, it's not that nobody cares. It's like, that's not why they tuned in. They tuned in to listen to the guests. So like, I, I, I leave it at the end. Sometimes I'll talk about shows I have, but it's like, that's the part where if you want to fast forward through it, you know, and, and I yeah. hate to... <clears throat> I hate to even recommend that as an option to people. I know people do it. So like if, if you get to that part and you're like, I've heard this, just whatever, you know, but that's also the part where I try and shoehorn in some fun stuff like uh, special promos on my online shop mm. or like links to the other bands, you know, stuff. And so I, I try and do a little bit of promotion for myself. But like I said, I started out, you know, just trying my best to help other people promote what they were doing. I was really intri- intrigued by it. Like I said, you'd go to see shows and, I mean, not necessarily, I don't want to just crap on country, but country's not my favorite. So you'd go watch these people play and it's just like, this dude's chicken picking like wild, you know, and if you're not, you know, this isn't like a guitar themed podcast, but it's like just a bunch of finger picking and stuff like think country music, you know, but it's like, I can't do that. And like, how do you do that? And then you find out like, you know, this is punk rock or what, you know, you just like, you're like, this is actually really, really cool. Cause I can't do any of this, you know? And that's, that's what kind of blew me away and it makes me really intrigued to like sit down and talk with these people. And now I'm a little less scared to talk to new people, you know? And yeah. Um, like I said, like it was all originally face to face. And then after a while it was just like, I I'm, I'm having an issue. Like I, I had it all scheduled out. You could drive down for band practice one night, a show another night if you need to. For a while, I worked out of out of town, so I wasn't even working in Humboldt. I was driving an hour to work every day, and I was just like, "Well, I got it all scheduled out, so I can do this." But then it was like Sunday, the day I don't drive. Like now, you have to drive to do a podcast interview, and you know, I, after a while, I was like, "This is tough. I don't want to drive everywhere." And some people would drive up to meet me, and I was telling you earlier, I've done podcasts in in cars, and coffee shops, and parks, and and everywhere else. And now that I'm doing video, I don't know how much of that's going to end up keep going on because it's going to be pretty tough to you know do a car interview um with a video podcast not that i wouldn't do it but i would (laughs) but you know it's one of those things i think about that too and it's it's changed over the years it's it's morphed a little bit i started doing skype interviews and i did them reluctantly um you do face to face only i i mean we have um i'm willing to i'm open to zoom like i told you that we yeah maybe could but um it's a weird beast. It is. Yeah. And, and you know, the professional podcasts that have done the Zoom, they've just had, run into so many fucking problems. You know, disconnection. Then the other person's talking. They can't hear you. Like, dude, 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 dude. Like, you need to, like, yeah. you know. I mean, you can hear that on my podcast, even. I found, I, I, at first I was doing Skype interviews, and I was like, let's just do this over Skype. It's easy to just port the audio in and just take it. Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah. a big deal. So let's just do it this way. And then it was like. I found that when they had video feed coming and I had my video feed up, it actually was the audio was worse because it's mm. it's more data that needs to get sent yep. through, and it was there you would have more of those little blips where it would just be like, eh, yeah, but eh, so anyways, I did that and uh, you know it's like wait wait I missed the good stuff, so in order to alleviate that I was like well we can't have video if we're gonna do Skype and so I did it that way and now I'm doing video podcasts so it's like well now we have to at least see somebody but it's it's so much easier when you can see somebody and you can see their reactions and you can laugh yeah. along with them and stuff and it's it's really tough otherwise you might as well just do phone or interviews and those you know and i don't know i'm not against any of it i think 
I've learned how to do a Skype interview a lot better. And it was really weird at first. Cause you just like dead air. And it's like, are they going to say something? Are they waiting for something? Did, did we end up with, you know, some technical issues like you said? And, and it's really tough to get people on the same page as far as that kind of stuff. Cause the best Skype podcasts I've heard are two people that know each other well enough and they both record their own audio individually and then yeah. send it in and mix it. So you never end up with any of that s- single Skype audio where it's kind of sounds like it's on a phone. And I've, I've attempted that with other people and it doesn't always work and it does work sometimes. And sometimes you have like timing issues where like the word clock on the, fo- on the recorders are, are at separate times. So you're like three seconds off by the time the hour and a half long recording is done. And I mean, there's goofy stuff like that that can hmm. happen with it as well. I mean, I've had it miss sync with uh, the audio and video multiple times. I mean, you had to like either yeah. stretch one or the other to make it fit. And I mean, it's, it's, it just comes with new problems, a new set of things you need to do. And, and, you know, like I said, I'm only doing Skype right now, but that limits me to one person. You know, you can do multiple people on a Skype thing now, but zoom is easier to do it. So you're in this weird spot where it's like, what kind of technology you're going to use? Who are you going to get involved with? But I've talked to other people that do podcasts. Like there's a podcast out of, well, it's out of, I think the Atomo area and it's called brutal, brutal breakdown. It's kind of like what I have going on and they <laughs> literally record theirs with an iPhone and I didn't, wow. I did not know. Like it's the audio quality is so good on it. Like compared to people, there's some people that have interfaces and DAWs and the whole software. And it's like, the audio quality could be a little bit better on this and they're doing theirs with just an iPhone. And it's like, Oh, this trumps so many other podcasts that I listen to and you're you're just using an iPhone. So it's not like you need all this stuff anyways, but damn. Yeah. I got sidetracked again, but yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Started the podcast pretty much just to help other people promote, you know, and it started taking on a mind of its own. And, and I, I started pumping more stuff into the YouTube channel. There's tons of band videos there as well as, you know, Mm -hmm. my own band and, and other people's bands and things of that nature. But well, I will say you probably have the most impressive catalog of any podcasters I've seen in uh, the area. You, you know, a lot. There's there's only maybe like two that I would like say that have like a bigger catalog spanning more people. And uh, one of them is defunct now and is no longer a podcast. It was called the Pants Off Podcast. Oh. <laughs> and it was uh, based out of here in Des Moines. They did like 150-ish episodes. Uh, I'm talking ranging from local musicians to bar owners to touring musicians that came through he would just hit them up and be like just, you know i'll buy you lunch and if you come and hang out with me and i'll talk to you for a little bit we'll put it on the podcast or, you know it's just simple stuff like that and he would sit down and talk with some really cool people so if you're you know looking for what happened in the des moines music scene three years ago pants off podcast easiest way to find it you know mm. and and that's like the only thing i keep thinking of is like people like you and me and, and brutal breakdown and beers with bands i mean there's so many other iowa music podcast there's so many other podcasts around Iowa that are doing adjacent things that we're doing. And we're, none of us are doubling up on guests for the most part, you know, and we're all telling uh, different stories in different ways and giving people different avenues to, you know, show what's going on. And I just thought, you know, like if we all just kind of keep going and keep doing what we're doing and at least let everybody know that there's other avenues for them. And I mean, I've, I've even tried my best to like interact with the radio DJs that have same style shows, you know, like, uh, mm. there's one, I don't, I'm not going to start plugging too many radio DJs. It's just going to get wild. Cause I'll just plug them all. But, <laughs> but you know, like almost every college radio town has like, Oh, it's the, the rock and roll, whatever local show. And it's like, cool. This is where all the, like the local bands send their stuff into. And I found out that there's like regional bands. It's like, you only know about your region's rock show, but you don't know that like two towns over that band you know there's 
one on that radio station. And they would love to have your stuff too. So I started like reaching out to all those guys. And every time I'd interview people, it's like, make sure you send your stuff to these radio stations or, or have you hit up the station near me? Cause I know you're, you're in Des Moines, but like well, there's a station in Fort Dodge that would like to have your you know stuff be played and, and they do interviews too. So like, I, I mean, I'm, all I'm trying to do is just help everyone network the best they can. And, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's easy for the radio people to look down on us because we're podcasters and, and whatever. We don't have to follow the FCC and blah, 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 blah. That, you know what? That's going to change though. Uh, it better. Cause that's a dying breed. That's all I got to <laughs> yeah. say. Um, I had, like I said, I used to post in online groups and I, I discussed this once on my podcast and swept it under the rug very quickly because I didn't want to make it a hot button issue. But like, I had uh, posted something in a group online uh, as Audible Farm, and somebody had found it, and they, um, let's just say they lashed out at the post. They, like, blocked it and made my page, they marked my page as spam, and I had to go fight, oh, fight, really? fight Facebook about it. Oh, and, Jesus Christ. And so they were trying to say that I was I was utilizing other pages' material to, I mean, it was this big, long, nonsensical thing, which obviously led to them never once listening to any of my podcasts, and it was just blatantly obvious to people, but I, I had said something to one person about it and they made a post about it. And I didn't even post about it. Cause I was just like, I'm just going to let this go. I'll discuss it very quickly on the podcast and sweep it under the rug. But the music community, like everyone locked arms and just like looked at these people and like pretty much just like, I don't know what you did. You did wrong. That's what you did. You know? And like, you've, you've done a very bad thing by, you know, downing on somebody that's doing nothing other than trying to you know support and promote people. Yeah. And, and it was, it was a bad deal. And, and I mean, uh, nobody, now everything's fine. Like I interacted with the lady uh, and we're, we're okay and everything's cool. But like the whole gist was like, I'm, I'm just going to steer clear of her and she's going to steer clear of me. And we don't like, don't like each other or anything. I just don't post in her group anymore. And, you know, and it's tough because everyone has those boundaries, you know, and everyone, it's like, what do you own when you put it on the internet and stuff? And that's why my podcast, I steer away from um, putting bands music on my podcast. Cause I know some podcasts that double as like a radio show and it's just like, well, here I will, the outro will be their song or whatever. And it's like, that's cool. But technically now in YouTube's eyes, you don't own that video anymore and you don't get to monetize it cause you're using somebody else's material. That was a huge issue. We came we came across too. And so I feel like. even, even if you get the permission and you, how do you tell a bot on the internet that you have permission? And I mean, I've, I know people that have podcasts like that and they have signed permission to do it, but it's still, you know, removes your ability to monetize something on YouTube and they don't, they don't care. It's just like they're, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing in the grandest scheme of all things. And I, I get that, but it's still like, this is rough, you know? And I like, we were talking, starting up the podcast. I've run into just as many hiccups as you have. Um, I mean, I had an interface I didn't like for a while, for a while I didn't know how to use a portable recorder. So like I said, I'd go places, I'd drag a laptop and an interface and everything with me. And it's like, <laughs> like, give me like 10 minutes to set up. You got a table and it's like, you know, it was just inconvenient for everyone. So I had to figure out how to use a portable recorder. And then it was just like, you might need to get a windsock over this thing, you know? And it's <laughs> like, yeah, probably, you know, and, and, I mean, I've, for the most part, I've found out how to do things and I'm not like a pro at it or anything. I just, I just, I'm trying my best to like continually improve my craft. You know, it's no different than playing the guitar. It's like, try to be better this time than you were last time, you know, no matter what you're doing, whether it be, you know, me going to weekly jam nights and like, I go to jam nights outside of the Fort Dodge in the Barnum area. There's a bar there that has jam nights every 
Tuesday night. Yeah, I go to them. Uh, shout out Clint Riedel. Uh, so uh, he hosts those. But yeah, I go to jam nights and I play guitar there. And it's like, you just try to get better than the last time. You're not competing with anyone else there. You're competing with yourself yesterday. And that's like the best way to look at life and the what you're going. I mean, as far as I'm concerned. Because otherwise, you, you're one of those, we talked about them earlier, those callous people at a show that are just like, I don't like this and it's not good. And it's like, that's not the way you need to be going about doing your business. And it's not... It's not a friendly way to go about doing things. And, and I don't know, like I said, I'm trying my best to like just promote happiness and, and the skill levels of other people and just give people a place to showcase uh, their backgrounds and their talents and things like that, whether it be recording them and putting them on YouTube or, or just doing podcasts with them and things like that. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to like the radio thing, you know, we're not making money doing this. I, mean, I, I don't know, maybe you are, but a little bit. I mean, I mean, there are benefits. Like, I like I, I'm not gonna be like, hey, but I got merch, I got T-shirts, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. You gotta support your own stuff, yeah. I guess. But like, it's not like, like you said, it's not like I'm. No way, I make. I can't make enough to eat every month. Like on, on the <laughs> revenue I'm making off this, like it's like seven dollars a month I make up. I mean, I've shown. I'm not. I, That's more than me. Yeah. <laughs> but but seriously, like I'm trying my best to like who wants to spend $30 on a podcast? And like, nobody's going to spend. So it's like 15. It's like, how much are you making? Not much, but it's just the whole fact that like, if you like it, just go ahead and buy it. Know that I'm not like yeah. making a mint on this stuff. I mean, I, I sell hoodies for 25, you know, and it's like $25 for a hoodie. Like it's more expensive than that to go to target and get a hoodie. It's like, yeah, I don't care, but I'm not going to be like, yeah. give me $35 for a hoodie. You know, it's like, it's just too much, you know? And I mean, I try my best. I, I have stickers. I sell them on the shop, but like you saw, I just, I, I just gave you a pile. It's like, I'll, I'll just get, I'll just give them away for the most part. That I, was awesome. I do sell them. Usually I try to just give them away to people I interact with on a business sense. Like if I record your band live, it's like, here's a pile of stickers. Thank you for letting me put your material yeah. on my YouTube page, you know, cause they're going to listen to it and they're yeah. going to, it's going to be my viewing statistics, not yours. And so, I mean, I do get some of like, there have been people that have been like upset about that too. Like you need to record stuff and give it to the bands. It's like, Oh, you want me to do all the work and then pr- <laughs> like, should I promote it and play it for him too? You know? So, I mean, there are parts of this where it's like, I'm doing my best to support people and people are not always supportive back. Um, I interviewed one person that somebody believed that a story that they told was incorrect. And they were like, this person uh, pu- literally just published a lie and they would like go on every platform they could and just one star everything i did and it was just like and for a while that was like a big deal and it was like every podcast episode thumbs down on youtube and it was just like what are you doing but i don't know at the same rate like (laughs) they're the trolls you can't control the trolls no and i'm not even gonna care too because it's like if this person has the energy to do this i don't don't even care like you know (laughs) could you imagine just living your life doing that just just (laughs) hating everything like Oh, this one person said one thing I didn't like on this one thing. and I'm just going to comment and blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's like, but you find out that's how a lot of people are acting. And we talked about that earlier, but we're yeah. going gonna to sweep right past that one again because <laughs> it's not a topic I want to get yeah. into. <laughs> well, one quick, um, going back to like, you know, the guy in the bar, I was kind of thinking about this as you mentioned that, like when that person's like in the bar, like talking shit about your music, like, can you even like fucking play an instrument or do anything like fucking oh, asshole? Oh, <laughs> It's the worst. And I try my, I've, 
okay, I used to be very arrogant. I used to just be like, I'm the best. Look at me. I'm so good at guitar. And I'm literally just playing like power chords and like reading music and memorizing. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just like, this is so cool. And then I find out how to play the guitar. I go out, I play shows. I realize everyone's better at guitar than me. It's not, it's not, it's not the truth, but it's just how I feel. So like, I'm always just wowed by everybody. It doesn't matter what they're doing, how simple it is. It's like, this came out of your brain, didn't come out of my brain. And it's, it's awesome, you know? And so I, I run into some of that and I try my best not to be arrogant anymore but i do recall at one show having uh done that where one guy was just like this sucks you know i just took my guitar off and just walked up to him and said you play it then you know (laughs) i don't know how and it was just like duh you know like (laughs) this is the problem and i mean hilarious yes everyone there thinks it's funny but like i mean i generally speaking you're pissed yeah I'm pissed like threefold because I'm like, I'm mad that somebody's yelling at me. I'm mad this guy's acting like this. And then I'm mad that I acted like that in return. I should have just kept playing and shut up. But at the same time, like, it's just like, it sucks to put people in their place. I mean, like, like I said, when I was in my early twenties, that would have been like my go-to, but now it's like, (laughs) it's like, dang it. You know? And I don't know, uh, post COVID, not everybody's nice. Like I played a show and, um, it was right when the bars opened up and, and somebody was there to drink and not listen to music. And they made it very adamant in between every song. And, um, mm. eventually somebody bought them a cabin and, you know, took them to a different place. And it was, <laughs> and it was, you know, it worked out better for everybody. I didn't have to yell at anybody, you know, and it's really nice. So, uh, kudos to whoever did that. You're my savior for the evening. Damn. But, but I mean, I've gone to, I've gone to places and played songs and, um, you know, had people shush me while I'm playing and singing, you know, and it's like, you know, I came unglued not terribly long doing that, you know, and I, I, you know, told the person to shut up and it's like, you know, this is not how a professional would act, you know, on, on stage, you know, I've sit and talked to so many musicians and they've interacted with people like that so much better than I do. And some of that just comes down to the fact that I, um, don't drink anymore. I used to drink. It's not like I drank a lot, but I just, I don't know. I just haven't drank in a while. So it's like weird when I interact with people who are drinking, cause it's just yeah. like, cause I'm not on the same level as them. So I just want to like sometimes yell at them and it's like, dude, you, you act the same way when you drink, just tone it down, just go with it. And you know, and so I feel weird sometimes going into bars and playing in bars, not being a drinker, you know, and I mean, for a while, that was a thing I had to get over too, where it's just like, everyone here is judging me because I don't drink. It's like, nobody cares, you know, just, just buy a soda and tip the bartender a dollar and walk away. Like it's the end of it's That's it. It's the end of the story. You know, yeah. and, you know, I, I, for a while was doing the decoy drinks. Um, I would go to bars and get like, <laughs> uh, just give me a tonic water with a lime and a straw in it. And people would be like, <laughs> oh, nice. And then you'd be up on stage and people would start handing, oh, this is vodka tonic. And it's like, I don't, I'm not drinking this. And I'm like, oh, is gin and tonic? It's like, no, 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 no. Just, like, I got, I got drinking. one. I got one. And, you know, and you try to just sweep that under the rug and let, let people like, you know, talk about that. But yeah, I don't know. There's these weird, like, and I've, like I said, I used to feel weird about that. Then I find out there's so many musicians that I know that don't drink. And it's like, oh, well, it's like, this isn't like a hindrance by any, you know, it's, a, it's not, a, it's not like it's beneficial or anything either. You know, it's, it just is what it is. And every musician is a different person. And I think somebody said it to me recently, like there's good people who are good musicians. There's bad people who are bad musicians. There's also bad people who are good musicians and good people who are bad. Mu- like everybody is just their own person and you just kind of have to take it as it comes. But, um, you know, as far as judging somebody just based on their music, I wanted to get people past that, you know, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. A lot of the music scene, I feel like it's navigating people, you know, in my, I don't do a lot of hip hop, but I do a lot more producing. So I've worked with people and stuff and it's, especially in hip hop, I feel like it's really easy to get involved in just like not good people. Mm-hmm. And you really have to like, you really have to have like, you know, like 
what's the term like blind not blinders but like opposite like you need to like you know be really looking and being really paying attention to Mm -hmm. what people are doing it's a really dicey game yeah i mean i've talked to people that um i mean a few people come to mind where it's like how did you join your first band like well i was you know 16 and i got on craigslist and found people (laughs) and it was like holy crap like you know and or it's just Oh, we need a bassist. So we went on Craigslist and found a guy and invited him over to the place where we got, you know, $2,000 worth of stuff sitting around. It's like, geez, like, you know, like whenever I've interacted with other musicians, it's like I bring a combo amp and a $100 guitar with them. And it's just like, this is what you're seeing me play until I learn how to trust you. Because yeah, I, cause I'm so scared. I see so many people getting their stuff stolen. And that's one reason I don't have like much, you know, stuff or I try to bring like the simple stuff out and about the guitar I play. Like, I don't know a lot of people. That's how they know me is like, I, my profile picture was me holding a crazy blue swirly dipped guitar. And everyone was like, woo, this guitar is crazy, but it's actually like a super, super cheap guitar I painted. (laughs) So like if somebody steals it, I'm out sentimental value and I'll be mad. I'll be so mad if somebody steals that thing. But at the same rate, it's like, it's not like I have like a gazillion dollar guitar I'm dragging everywhere, you know. It's it's just kind of fun to decoy hide that stuff. I found that in the music world, even in the podcast world, you don't need expensive stuff. We were just talking about how you there was a podcast that was recorded with just a phone. Like they used the voice memo thing on it, and that was it. Like and it works fine, you know. And so you don't need to bring super high end stuff everywhere with you, and yeah. you know. And it's I don't know. I've I've thought so much about that i went on like the guitarist people are always on this quest for tone and i gotta get new pedals and amps and guitars and i gotta try different the pickups i'm using new strings now you know these cables are better you know and i eventually i was just like it's all the same i don't care just use use the simplest stuff and go and so i've i've rode the wave of every wave that you can probably ride as like a musician in a very short amount of time and uh like I said, like it gets weird when you try to interact with people for the first time and, and you're meeting people on, on Craigslist or you just put a random ad out there and you're like, hey, who plays a guitar? Do you want to hang out with us? And it's it's weird because like, are we going to mesh as you know people? Are we going to be able to mesh professionally well enough? Are we going to be able to mesh musically well enough? There's so many different factors that a lot of people don't ever think about because... I mean, in a band, you have to have at least, you know, three, at least three people, not at, not at least, you can do a duet stuff, but like three, four, five people that are willing to stand next to each other that get along well enough to spend time to like practice together, uh, that are on the same page as far as promoting the music or like, you know, um, I've been pushing a lot of bands to like, do you have a music video? Or like, you should do one because you can just record one with an iPhone and it's actually works very well. And, you know, I've been trying my best to push people that direction and, and produce and make more things. And it's like is your whole band on the same page this way or some people like do some people just not care about this you know or um promoting your album or or whatever you know and it's you got to get everybody on the same page and i mean even some stuff like as far as like political views like um i'm in a band named three finger betty there's another there's one for you stereotyping somebody by the (laughs) band they're in i'm in a band named three finger betty uh no we play great music it's awesome but like we take pot shots at everybody man i mean we're we're ripping on both sides of the political tree we're ripping on everybody and it's it's we're equal opportunity haters you know it's just one of those not really we just uh we call ourselves anti-social rock and roll for a while and it's like that's how we feel we just feel like the people that are sitting in the corner that are ignored everywhere and it's just like this is why you're dumb and this is why you're dumb and this is why you're dumb and we're getting it out in a comedic song sense instead of just like being mad and yelling at people you know i can relate to that definitely. you know and it's, it's super beneficial it's not like i believe every single thing you know the singer is singing and stuff like that so that's the other thing is like i'm deeper than just the band i'm in you know and yeah i'm in a metal band as well named unity and we don't play very many shows and uh you know that's another one of those bands it's like 
it's uh, gone through lineup changes and it's still kind of sort of going through lineup changes. And it's just one of those things like, when is this, are we going to record an album? Is it going to come out as a demo? And we're all still kind of not on the same page, but none of us live in the same town. So it's really tough to like interact with one another and, and do that kind of thing. So it's really tough to have everybody get on the same page. And I'm sure every band has like the same kind of things like, Oh, we got the, you know, the Facebook chat group or the, the text thread that we're all in. And, and these two guys are always texting and this uh, never says anything, you know, everyone, every band has those dynamics and stuff, but you know, it's also tough to find bands where it's like, I feel like some bands work best when it's like one person's really good at social media. He does all the social media you know, and, and then this person's good at songwriting. So she's doing the songwriting and then this person's really good at, you know, and this one's a tech person. So they do all the tech stuff and like, or uh, they're really good at like EQing or something so they can help like, you know, have everybody's tone set or whatever you know so you can go through all that other kind of stuff and i feel like it's helpful when every band at least has some of those people or like some of it is like even just like longevity you know um i've been in the scene long enough i know enough people so we can like interact with the right bands or different promoters or you know we'll go play a show and people will show up because i've been playing in bands for 10 years you know that holds a lot of weight you know and that I guess it is what it is and it's it's tough though too because I've interacted with enough musical scenes where some I find that some scenes just don't care what other scenes have going on and I mean it makes sense because you know it's the punk rock and the country people aren't going to hang out you know like I mean they will but like it's not like you can book you know you can't book like you know Rancid and what Brad Paisley on at the same show at the same time you know it's not going to work out very well you know it's gonna be weird so you know you, you get to run into all these different dichotomies and it's 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 weird how many different people you meet, how many different styles of people you meet. And, um, once again, we're all in this kind of together. So I've I've never met anybody that's been like overly malicious. Um, at least not face to face. Like I said, there were a few people online that did it, but like everyone knows the plight of the, you know, the musician. Um, I was talking to somebody else. Like I just like everyone else get self-conscious, you know, I get self-conscious about my music just like everyone else does. And that's one reason I don't write too much original music and put it out there. Most of the music that I play is written by other people. It's just, I'm, I, I judge myself so much harder than anybody else would judge me. So I think to myself, like, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody will like this and yada, yada. And then you start to talk to other musicians. You're like, I go through that too. You know, they're like this song. I don't like, I don't like it even like one bit, but I play it. And it's like, that's one of my favorite songs you play, you know? And it's like, Oh, this person like does not like this song they wrote even a little bit, but they play it all the time because everyone else likes it. And that's kind of what you're doing, you yeah. know. Um, that's the plight of the artist is like a perfectionist. I wanna I wanna be the bestest. It's gotta be the most perfect. And yes. you know, I, exactly. I I made this painting and they're like, This looks great, and they're like, I wish the eye was better. You know, it's like the, I didn't even notice that. Like I don't even see what you're pointing at, like why you think it sucks, you know, or you know, so yeah. you run into a lot of that with music too, and you just can't be so self-conscious it's detrimental you know you still have to be able yeah. to step outside of your comfort zone but nobody is immune to that no uh you know uh nirvana they actually hated smells like teen spirit they hated playing that song <laughs> like kurt cobain would go up there and be like oh i don't don't care and then yeah. he like or like there was one show where like he played like they played like 15 seconds of it then they stopped like all right moving on there was like fuck you <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh, yeah. Um, I really like your your logo. Oh, thanks. Audible. Appreciate it. How how did you come about that? Did you get somebody to help that? Or uh, yeah, um, I can do like ludicrously minimal graphic design. So I mm. try my best to. If I need something professional, I'll hire it done. It just makes it look better. Um, it, 
could I have made a pig and like strapped it? Like, yeah, I could have done all this, but like, is it going to look this good? No way. You know? So I found, I went to school with a kid that does graphic design. He actually does a lot of graphic design work for like, uh, I wouldn't say NASCAR, but like auto racing. He's designed some graphics on cars that have actually been on NASCAR. So, um, I did interact with him on a podcast. I talked with him. It's, uh, one of the, I, I almost wish I had a list of all of them so I could steer you guys <laughs> towards them, but it was Brent Licato was the guy's name and he helped me out and helped do these graphic design for me. So he, he put together the logo first was the pig. And I like the pig idea because, uh, the podcast is audible farm. It's kind of a play on the name of animal farm, you know, and yeah, I, I had this, yeah. had this whole deal where I'm just farming up other people's content and putting it on a page and it's not really actually my content. So I was pretty much just like, it's just like a farmer. You're farming up all these crops and selling them off to somebody else. Cause it's no longer your crops and you're not feeding, you know, you're growing crops for yourself. You're growing them for someone else. And I'm from a small town. It all seemed to meet well. And yeah. I, I was, I really like Animal Farm, the book, and I didn't know, like... That, I was just thinking that. That is a great fucking book. Yeah. I mean, so well done. if you think about it, it's like, well, so wait, you're the pig? So, so you're, <laughs> you're going to be the one that takes over and is, like, tyrannical now? Is that what it is? You know, so, like, I've, I thought about it a lot, and then I didn't think about it enough, and then it's like, well, this is... I don't know. I thought about making shirts that was just, like, Audible Farm, like, stupid name, great podcast, or something, you know? Like, I don't know. It's... It's, it's catchy, but when people are like, what kind of farming stuff do you talk about? It's like, I don't talk about farming, you know, and it, it throws people off. Like you see a pig, there's a pig playing guitar, you know, but like, I like the pig, the pig stuck. It was like one of the first logos I did. So the pig was on like everything and I really, really dig it. And, uh, he's playing guitar, you know, and it's just a pig with playing guitar with headphones on the side. Cause it's kind of a mix of like, I'm doing podcasting and there's like live music on my page and stuff like that. And now everybody knows the podcast by the pig. You know, some of the first stickers I had were like one foot tall by like six inches wide pigs. And it was like, they were huge and there's still some cars with them floating around on them. And I see, <laughs> I see them at shows occasionally. And it's like, nice. it's like, this is crazy. It's been on here for like two or three years. And then you think like, all oh, this guy's, you know, making the stickers. They're like, they're insane. I say I gave you a bunch of stickers. Like yeah. you can put them through dishwashers now. Like, everyone's making good stickers as long as you know where to look. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, those ones I have. I mean, you can put them through dishwashers. I should almost work. go grab one. I've I've got like a coffee cup I've used at work every day for like. Oh, for, you're like, talking for, like, about okay. For, like was, for like two years, you can send it through a dishwasher and the sticker stays on it. You know, damn. so it hasn't faded. They look nice, you know. And if anybody's looking for good stickers, um, you know, I guess there's plenty of places online. Just just hit up like i mean there's like vinyl disorder and sticker mm-hmm. mule and all these different places that offer a lot of like first order deal type things so just go oh, go to every okay. place get the first deal so you get your cheap stickers from everywhere and then you can decide which one you ever want to make a second purchase from you know so then you can be like oh i liked them from what i like vista print was one that a lot of people oh vista print prints everything it's like yeah they do but their stickers are not always the best you know even if you pay to have them like you know, vinyl covered and stuff. They're still not the best, you know? So like, Mm. that's the other thing about podcasting is like, you got to guess and test your way through merch and, and all sorts of other stuff. If that's a route you want to take, I know so many people that didn't, but like, do you want to do the thing where you let one website take care of all your merch and you have one logo that gets printed on everything and you can do like coffee mugs and socks and everything? Like you could do that, but it's like, what's the quality? Like you have no control over it, you know? So Mm. I ended up, uh, teaming up with, uh, different people to, oh shoot, different people to like, uh, make the logo and then I, I sent it off to corrosive screen printing which is out of des moines here they just recently moved their operations but they're still you know in the metro area so if you want to hit them up that's who i did for my shirts but it was one of those things where it's like what kind of shirts do you have it's like well i can do any shirt and then it's like i've got this shirt and it's like my favorite shirt i've found and it's this 
you know, brand, this style, this is the blend. Can you find it for me? And they found them for me. And so like, if you get an audible farm shirt, it's like a replica of one of my favorite shirts I like ever owned, at least as far as like comfy. It's like a light, well, it's just a lightweight summertime breathable shirt. It's a cotton poly blend. It's really soft, you know, and I, that's what I leaned on. I was like, I've bought so many shirts for so many bands and, and things that it's like, I've gotten uncomfortable ones. I've gotten ones that are just, they just like, they've somehow encapsulated all the softness of an onion bag. You know, it's like, what are you doing with this? You know, and why would, how do you sell these things? And, and, but it also comes back to like, you're only supporting a podcast. And the only thing I'm doing is supporting everyone else. So like, you don't have to give me a gazillion dollars for sure. You know, and <laughs> try and keep it as minimal as possible, at least in every yeah. area. And so like, I don't know. I, I use the, the logo for a lot of different things. And I, I figured if I'm going to use it this much, I'm, I might as well pay someone for it. My podcast talks about how you're supposed to support, you know, musicians and artists and entertainers and comedians and professional wrestlers and anybody doing any sort of live entertainment, um, art type related anything really. And so it's like, dude, you, you just pay somebody, pay a graphic designer, you know, a graphic designer, pay him, you know? So I hit him up and said, can you make me something? And, and he made me something and it looks great. And I, I, Look, I get it. Like, I can do graphic design work. You can do graphic design work. Did you go to school for it? Are you professional? Like, is this what you do for a living? If if it's not, pay somebody else to do it. You'll be happy with the results. Especially, like, I've had him do stuff. And it's like, tweak it like this just a little bit. Boom, done. You know? And he knows how to do it because he's this is what he does, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's not like me struggling through stuff. And it's like, oh, I didn't save the template for this. So now if I want to edit this, I have to start all over from the beginning. Uh, I didn't save the, the circle cropped logos for the, you know, you, you don't have to go through any of that nonsense. Somebody else is already doing it. And they're doing a great job of it. And I mean, I recommend him if anybody's looking for a graphic designer. He, he works for typical graphic designer rates, I will say. Um, it's not like it's a gazillion dollars. He's fair, but it's, he does a great job. He'll send- yeah, you got to pay something, definitely. He's yeah. putting in labor and all that. Yeah. No, that's something that this podcast really needs to get on is merch. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's definitely our next uh, uh, venture, I yeah. would say. It yeah, really I mean, helps. like, if you don't want to spend a lot of money on graphic design, just get a simple one from, like, somebody on Fiverr, you know? Like, mm. Fiverr is a popular place where it used to just be you go on there and everything's five bucks. Like, well, oh. it's like, what do you do? It's like, make me a logo. It's like, what do you want it to look like? And it's like... You know, McAllister hours, just like, uh, just do an M and an H and put them together in a circle and then they'll doodle something up and send it to you. And it's like, do you like it? Like, yeah, it's like, all right, five bucks. And they'll send you all the drafts. And it's like, it's that easy, you know? And it's like, you don't need a super fancy logo. As a matter of fact, sometimes simpler is better. You know, I agree. Um, if I want to replicate this, I can't draw it, you know, like that's the (laughs) toughest part, you know, like the thing I could replicate, maybe the pig's head, but like, it's still like, it's still, I can't rep, but if you have something like I said, M and an H in a circle put in there in a fancy way like you could just put do that with a on the bathroom in a bar or something yeah, you know like boom yeah. here you go or it's like an easy sticker idea you know and that was the other thing like i want stickers like i the guy sent me every time he ever i had him redesign something and i paid him he would send me all the different drafts and it's like well i've got this logo i've got this logo with the pig bigger i've got this logo with with just the headphones i've got the you know so he sent me all these different drafts and it's like i'm just gonna make a sticker out of each one of these why not you know and because I don't know. I don't know what everybody prefers. I put them up on a shop and people buy different ones all the time. So it's nobody prefers one over the other. Yeah. And that's the tough part about merch though, too, is finding something everyone will like. Um, I didn't want to go like, like I've got three color hoodies and I didn't want to go like a three color shirt. I felt like it was too noisy, especially on one of these like lightweights. Mm. I wanted gray on black cause it doesn't stand out too much, but it stands out just enough. Like people can read it and stuff, but it's not like 
yelling at you the loudest thing in the room you know it's kind of like my podcast it's understated and it should be because it's i talk to musicians and the musicians are like the real thing mm. like some, yeah. sometimes i'm like how come everybody doesn't listen to everything single episode well some people are just fans of the band and they want to listen to that episode and it's like well that's what it's there for it's there for people to get to know these people better you know and it's not like i'm going to try and force it on anybody or just i know like, yeah. you, like you said, I'll stick this on something. It's like, I don't care if you stick the stickers on, you know, uh, the the bathroom stall. You know, someone's going to see it there. You know, put it on the mirror, put it on wherever. It doesn't matter. Put it on a water bottle, you know, and it it's, it's your sticker now, too. But, you yeah. know, so it's like you can do whatever you want with it. But still, like, I, I'm not trying my I'm not trying to, like, force it down anybody's throats. And that's one of, like, the oversharing. Comes back to that oversharing thing. I always wonder if I'm oversharing on Facebook, you know, and posting too many pictures or trying to do too much because I think, like, it'd be nice, you know, I've got a nice phone with a nice, it takes pictures well. I, I can photo edit decent enough that I could do, like, photographs at concerts. But, like, mm. how much stuff do you want to do? Do you want to record the thing and then do photographs and then podcast with the person afterwards and, like, not yeah. just to make no money, just to help people, you know, and I'm not trying to say it just to make no money. I've got a sponsor, you know, I get sponsored by Couchtown Coffee and, you know, hats off Couchtown Coffee. If you guys like coffee, hit hit up Couchtown, code word Audible Farm for this week. Um, it'll, it'll be the week that this airs. But yeah, you can save yourself 20% on coffee. I don't know. Like, and it, <laughs> it helps out. It helps out. It does a little bit, but it's also like, like you said, I'm not getting rich on this. I don't make enough to eat every day, you know, on the podcast. So like, I don't. It's not like I'm getting rich doing this. I like doing this. It's just like playing music, you know, and I'm sure that's no different yeah. than why you're doing this. Yeah, no, exactly. But I do get what you're saying. Like, you know, your time is still your time. You yes. can't like sacrifice all of your time for something that you're not, you know, it's not monetizable. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm not going to quit a paying job just to, you know, do this full time. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense. It, you know, um, yeah, I mean, that's. Case in point, 100%. I, there's a lot of people that go through that in the music scene, though, too, where it's like, is this worth my time? You know, and I've had that conversation with a lot of people, even like recently as of COVID, where they're like, I spent all this time, energy, and money on like making albums and doing all this stuff, and then I can't even play for a year, you know? So, like, how, how worth it is this to me, you know? And then they start to realize, like, oh, this is what it would be like if you had free time, you know? And then they're like, <laughs> I actually like spending time with my family and my wife and my kids, you know, or whatever given different life situations. So I, like I said, some of these conversations happen after the podcast, so they're not like promoted at all, but it's like, you know, I've talked to people that have like kind of wiggled in and out of the music scene before. And, and I've done it too. Like I said, I played in my late teens and then didn't play for like almost 10 years and then jumped back in. So, um, you know, you get to see people's different thoughts and avenues on what's going on, but it's, it's weird to see people. Yeah regaging how they're utilizing their free time and it's you know this pandemic has definitely done a lot of that yeah it's changed a lot that's for sure um what about wrestling <laughs> i was hearing in the i think it was either the your second to last i think second to last episode you guys were like really talking about wrestling and I, personally i'm not i've never really got into it so I, i'm kind of curious what's your love with that um yeah i'm not gonna fault you at all for not liking wrestling either you like it or you don't yeah, and that's just yeah. how it is and um uh, let me just i don't know i like pro wrestling growing up i mean everyone knows who hulk hogan is obviously <laughs> so it's just like hulk hogan he's cool he does he's just america brother 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 you know he does the big boot and the leg drop and you know woo you know that's that's rick flair woo you know and i mean everybody knows like a handful of wrestlers and some of them have transcended their their thing you know it's like yeah. you walk down the street and talk to somebody who doesn't play football you know who tom brady is yeah you know it's like Tom Brady's the Hulk Hogan of football. You know, it's just, mm, I'm not yeah. trying to be like, hey, but like, 
um, I don't know. There was always this joke that the real world imitates <coughs> imitates pro wrestling, which I think is actually a thing. But like, so like, I don't know. Everybody watches pro wrestling growing up, and some of my buddies, you know, had pro wrestling video games, or they'd watch it every now and then and be like, "This is so cool!" And um, you know, you'd hear about some things like wrestling's kind of neat and stuff like that. And then somebody showed me a video of uh, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon in a ladder match at WrestleMania 10. And I was like, this is wild. Why are they wrestling with a ladder? You know, and they're like, <laughs> Oh, well, they're fighting over the, who is the real champion. And they hung the belt up above the, the ring. And whoever's the real champion is going to be the guy that climbs up and grabs it. And it's like, who thinks of this stuff? You know, you're like mind blown. <laughs> and then after a while you're like, yeah, Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler. You know, he's just so cool. You know, I don't, and so then you're like, all right, well, I got to watch Shawn Michaels do stuff. And then he's, oh, he's having an Iron Man match with Bret Hart, you know. And he started just like, I didn't have cable, so I would hear about all this stuff. And I would have to like, maybe at my friend's house and like, you'd see like little clips of it on like a Saturday morning, like WWE show or whatever. You'd be like, oh, cool. This happened last week. And like, <laughs> I missed it, you know. And then I had eventually technology kind of caught up with everything. Everybody's video recording everything. So yeah. uh, with other express written consent of the, you know, so I don't know, I would videotape raw and then watch it at my house and be like, this is so cool. Like I never got to watch this growing up and now I get to watch it. And that was when like stone cold Steve Austin started, you know, drinking the beer and whooping the ass or whatever the whole deal, you know? So like he's doing that whole thing. These characters, I don't know why they like, everybody knows what they are and they, they're all funny. I love them all. But like, Everybody knows Stone Cold, right? You know, Stone Cold drank beer and had shaved head and skull. And, and it was that whole time. He was like the second coming of like a Hulk Hogan, like a once-in-a-lifetime style person, you know. And you start to realize like this transcends wrestling once again. It's so much bigger and better than than just this. It's like this is pop culture, you know. This is also like counterculture. And I, I really enjoyed wrestling. And then I, you know, as an adult, it's like I don't have time for pro wrestling, you know, like a bunch of dudes in their underwear, like all waxed <laughs> up and wrestling each other. Like, I don't, I don't care. It's just soap opera for dudes. Yeah. Well, the thing that I could never get past was just the fact of how staged it was. Yeah. And, and that's honestly like it made me just some of that's what turned me off to it. You know, it's just it became a caricature of itself. And like some you'd see things replay sometimes and. And then once somebody was like, Hey, did you know that there's going to be pro wrestling at the County fair? And, you know, like I said, I live in a small town, so it's like, it's like, well, what else is there to do? You know, I <laughs> well, could, that's different. Yeah. yeah. I, I could get pizza at the Casey's gas station, or I can go to this. And those are the two options I have. So I went to this pro wrestling thing and I was just like, dude, this is awesome. Like, I mean, yeah, it's just a bunch of like, I don't want to say like local yokels, but it's like guys from around the Midwest that all teamed up to like meet in one place for a promotion to fake fight each other. And they like wrangled in the sheriff from town. They're like, Oh no way. They're like, you know how badass I am. I, I drove through this town at 90 miles an hour with a dead fish up to my nose. Cause it stinks so bad. And the sheriff saw me doing it and he didn't even pull me over. That's how <laughs> badass I am. You know? And then the sheriff comes sauntering out there like, what did you say? Like I most certainly would have pulled you over if you were doing that stuff. And it's like, you don't say that about my town, you know, and that, you do that whole thing. And it's just like, this is actually really entertaining, you know, and for any pro wrestling fans, I don't know who, how many listen to this, but like Harley race was there. And that was one of those cool things. Like Harley race was like five feet away from me, like right there. You know, and I'm fairly certain he passed away recently. But, uh, you know, it's like really cool to be like, dude, this was like this guy was in my town or whatever, you know. And some of my friends that went with me to that show were just like, yeah, we'll go, whatever. And then they found out that like Des Moines had some shows. And they were like, let's go to another one of those wrestling shows. And they went to a wrestling show and they like pretty much hit the jackpot. They went to like one of the best shows of the year uh, for the promotion that they went to. And they were like, 
dude, this is killer, you know? So they, like, you got to come down here and go to some of these shows. So I started coming to shows down here. And then, I, like I said, I'm from just north of Fort Dodge. And then north of where I'm from is in Algona. And they have, they used mm. to run professional wrestling up in Algona sometimes. So, like, I'd drive up there. It's just a short drive. And I'd drive up there and watch those guys, you know, wrestle. And I eventually, like, kind of befriended a handful of the people. And, you know, I just started going to shows, like, all over the place. And I, I was interacting with them on Twitter and I was pretty much doing what I'm doing now on the podcast, but on Twitter, I would, I would tweet the results for things. And, um, I'm, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn. And I know people like do the humble brag thing a lot, but it got kind of weird to the point where like triple H and Vince McMahon would like occasionally retweet stuff. I would say, you know, and I know they're not always the ones running their Twitter, but yeah. like, but if you like say something nice about the show and tag WWE and it, it's like, well, this would look good on Vince McMahon's Twitter, you know, so they, yeah. they retweet it. And like, this well, guy, that helps you out too. Bingo, you know, so like, and it got to the point where like, I knew who like the guys that were training the guys on TV were. So I'd follow them and see like, who's getting signed and you know, who's, you know, what's going on. And eventually some of them started following me to see like, you know, this guy's got his finger on the pulse of like the Iowa area, what's going on, you know, and maybe I'll just see what this guy, you know, who's going to shows, who's at like every show or who's wrestling two or three times a week in places where it's hard to do that. You know, who's the people that are in high demand and why are they in high demand? And then let's look online and find them and maybe we'll bring them to like, you know, TV maybe, you know? And so it got kind of weird with people like that following me. And I mean, I was invited to do a few different things like, uh, um, do surveys for WWE and stuff like that based oh, on how really? I like preferred their huh. stuff. And I mean, they, that's pretty much just called a super fan is what I was. They're super fans. You get like, you get to peek behind the curtain and tell everyone cause you like it so much that you're like the bridge between these people in the business and an average fan. So they start to be like, what do you like? And how do we you know address that? And things like that. And I don't know. I, I like the wrestling scene a lot. There was, you know, it's just like, every other scene there's some things about it that i didn't like you know it's just like the music scene like we were talking to some people are just not friendly at shows and it's like i don't like that at all but you just got to deal with it because it happens sometimes so like you'd run into a little bit of that the wrestling scene so i kind of like you know dipped out but before i did i was involved with uh uh i don't know like a program out of like um the kentucky area it was worldwide based but they did what they called the indie power rankings and we would sit down and and rank guys on the independent scene that were not on tv and mm. come up with like a top 10 every week like this these were the best wrestlers of the week or whatever and then at oh. the end of the year you would compile them all based on points and figure out who the best 100 guys were so okay. so we'd try to do something like that kind of i mean there was already something in place like that called pro wrestling illustrated 500 where they rank the 500 best professional yes there's that many professional wrestlers <laughs> so uh yeah i know you're thinking like it's on tv there's like 30 guys on there like yeah yeah but there's so many dudes wrestling in in bingo Damn. halls around the world so they would do that but we would do something kind of like that and we had guys from you know england and south africa and australia and i mean i kansas city uh i mean they were all over the place and i was one of the midwest guys that would help vote on things and you know everybody represented their area pretty well so you could help promote your guys by voting them up you know up the list and it was just kind of based on who who have you seen lately and who you know wowed you and then it was just like an over complex like ranking system of wrestlers but i really enjoyed doing it and eventually that kind of went away so like i i bowed out of that and quit doing a lot of wrestling stuff because i was like well if i'm going to be going to shows and driving down to you know the des moines area anyways why would i you know drive down excess amounts like you said it comes back to free time how much free time do you have it's like i can't spend every single drop 
so I can't go to shows anymore. And, you know, especially with how much time I was spending playing at shows or supporting other bands and, and things like that. But yeah, I still do really, really enjoy pro wrestling. I, I keep up with it a little bit. I'm, I don't watch it on TV anymore. Uh, like that came back down to like, how much time do you want to spend? Cause there's, you know, there's a two hour show on, you know, Tuesdays or whatever. And there's a three hour show on Monday. And then there's all the, like the non TV aired shows that go on as well. And I don't have 40 hours a week to spend watching wrestling anymore. So I, I don't, but I still do enjoy it. I'll still Google up crazy matches that have happened and watch them. Cause I still, I enjoy some of that theatricalness of it, but I think that came back to also like seeing it live sparked my interest in it because like I said, it's, wrestling becomes a caricature type deal. You're just like, Oh, this is, you know, Oh, they're going to fake punch each other. And this guy, uh, you know, something, you know, under undertaker's not really a dead guy. You know, you get like all that stuff. It's like, yeah, obviously like I get it. But like when you go see him live and it's like, Oh, this is a real person. Like this is an actual real person, like 10 feet away from me that even though he's just taken like a hip toss, it's like, I wouldn't want somebody to like, I'm not going to like, willingly go up there and fake flip and land on my back for somebody like just to make somebody else look good for a second you know you know or i get oh i got punched and i went from a standing position to flopping on the ground like that's gonna hurt like i'm not gonna do any of that so i would watch these guys i'm like this is crazy no matter how simple it is some of the stuff is really wild then you like i said occasionally you'd see some stuff that would trump what you would see on tv and you're like this is insane like you would never see this on tv or people would never get away with like saying this or doing these things on tv or you know um sometimes you go to shows it's like well there's like 40 people here tops you know and then that's like sometimes where like i said you get to see some really crazy magical stuff where like i don't know i almost don't want to give some of the examples away because some of them are pretty malicious but like there was some people that would be able to draw so much heat which is anger from the crowd they would draw so much heat that the crowd would literally just lose their marbles like people try and jump the railing and beat these people up and we're talking like, like I said, we're in Des Moines at a show here. And it's like there are 300 people at the event and someone's trying to jump the railing and beat somebody up for some reason. Like, it's like, <laughs> like we're all well aware that this is staged at this point in time, right? Wrestling's fake. Yeah, we decided yeah. that in the 90s. It's it's fake. But like somebody's still so riled up, they're going to try and beat somebody up. You know, and like you'd see crazy stuff like that happen at like full events. At empty ones, guys are more liable to like yell at the crowd um, and direct anger like directly at people instead of just being like, this crowd is stupid. And then it's like, oh, that's an obvious thing to get people to boo at. But like this dude in the red hat over here, you know, looks like he drove a Ford F-150 rusted. You know, <laughs> you start doing stuff like that, you know, and it's like, it's kind of like, I hearken it a lot to comedy, like bigger comedy things. They can't, they can, all they can really do is just address generally like the town or things like that. But if yeah. you, if you're in a s- small comedy club, it's just like, Hey miss, what's your deal? You know? And it's like, you can start to really interact more personally. And that mm. was something I liked about going to independent shows as you could interact with these people. And I mean, I was even asked a few times to, to play along with certain games and like, you know, this wrestler is going to come out here and do this thing, you know? And they'd like whispered in your ear before the show. And it's like, all right, so they're going to be fishing for this reaction, and you would, like, do it, you know, just to play along with the storyline, even though, like, in my heart, I want to, you know, cheer this guy, I'm going to boo him instead, you know, or whatever, you know, and things like that. So I would play along sometimes with the games and things like that and get, like, slightly, like, very minusculely involved, as involved as only a fan could get. But, like, Mm. that's also something some wrestlers look down on, which I found was, like, wrestling is a very broad thing just like music you know there's some people that like 
certain styles of wrestling. Yes, there are styles of wrestling. It's dumb as it sounds. Like, go watch, you know, AAA down in Mexico. It looks very different than WWE looks. You know, if you go watch New Japan out of Japan, it looks very different than both of those companies. You know, so there's different styles, and you start to find out different people like things more old school, and some people don't like to talk to the the fans at all. You know, and so, like, even though these people are nice, friendly people, they just will not talk to you. And and it's, it's weird, but, like, you just get over it because you just start to realize that was what made me realize like oh there's different people everyone's they're all getting together to do this thing but they're all different people and it's like that's how the music scene needs to be is everyone needs to come together to put on a great show you know um yes promote yourself but also promote the other people Mm -hmm. you know because like pro wrestling especially was the way like one guy can't look good if the other guy doesn't let him look good you know, it, it just not, it's not going to work. Yeah. If you and I are fake fighting and every time you punch me, I just act like it doesn't hurt. Like it's going to, it's going to make me look like, you know, the incredible Hulk and you look bad, you know? So I get to choose how good you look, you know? And that's, <laughs> that's something you watch these people and you'd find people that didn't like each other even a little bit that would interact well enough in a ring to, you know, be professional. And you start to look into the mm-hmm. tabloids of pro wrestling and find out that happens a lot. And you're like, well, these guys are actually like weirdly professional about how they're going about doing their stuff. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising, honestly. So have you ever seen the wrestler? Uh, yeah. The Mickey Rourke movie. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's this Darren Aronofsky film. Yeah. I, yeah. I was really into his films for a while because they, Fuck yeah. they were like the perfect mix of like, this is one example of something. And here's another example that is, a completely different thing, but it's like all the parallels. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Requiem for a Dream. Yep. One of my, I mean, to anyone who hasn't seen it, very disturbing. Ludicrously disturbing, but very good movie. Like, very, yeah, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, like how they how they parallel like the lady with the you know taking the amphetamines with like heroin use and like you know train spotting is another good one yep. kind of with that yep. like how they just um you know parallel all these things like they they really break like Requiem for a Dream especially like breaks down like there's no such thing as like these kind of drugs this or whatever like everything is like a drug essentially yeah yeah i mean it was to the point where like some of the people that wanted to do like whatever crack or whatever it was and it was like some crazy drug and it was like they thought they were going to be movie stars or like uh music stars or whatever and they thought that like the more they did it the better they would get and the less they did it the less awesome and like the mom was doing amphetamines as like a diet thing because she wanted to be on tv and she thought if she was thinner she could be on tv yeah it showed them both spinning out of control to the point where it was Mm. like just yeah control and that was like the wrestler was the same deal as it was like yeah it was uh mickey rourke was the wrestler and uh gosh who was who was the female in that movie Uh, marissa tomei no i'm not sure it's been i don't it's been quote, a couple years do not quote me on that Oof. <laughs> sorry marissa tomei if that wasn't you um my cousin Vinny. Woo. no uh oh, that's a good movie so too. so yeah like the the parallels in there was like you have like a 40 year old stripper and a 40 year old wrestler and people look at them the same way it's like you were good in you know in your 20s but you're kind of washed up now and these people still have to like tan up and and weight lift mm, or like yep. try to look good and shave their bodies and do all this stuff that they probably don't want to do yeah. just to go out and do this thing that they it's the only thing they know how to do and they may not want to do that even you know well yeah and they were it's like it depicted them like not even really having made that much money off it you know mm-hmm. like he was in a very low income housing yeah their whole movie yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, there's wrestlers that have wrestled on the independent circuit, never been on TV, or have been on TV like very tiny amounts and have made way more money on the independent circuit than they ever made on TV. But hmm. it's not common. Um, we're talking, you know, 
it's probably more than I would make working my regular jobs, honestly. But still, it's one of those things where it's it's not common. It's not a thing that, you know, really happens. Is Hulk Hogan broke? Probably not. But, you know, like, it all comes down to, have you seen ESPN broke? You know, it's like mm-hmm. a documentary on how fast professional athletes go broke because they mismanage their money. A lot mm-hmm. of times, and it has to do with the fact that you haven't lived enough life yet. So, like, if if you're a regular person, you're going to earn most of your money later in life. But, it, but if you flip-flop that to the point where you earn almost all your money early in life and then it keeps going downhill until you're old, because it's, it's opposite Ooh. of that. So, like, if you do it flip-flop, you know, if you make all your money at 20 and it slowly gets less and less, how well off are you going to be? And I hate, yeah. you know, I want to just judge everyone, but it's like, I wouldn't have been any better off than any of those guys, you know? So Well, talking about parallels, it's, I can kind of parallel think of, like, you know, it's a parallel to music. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those artists, they, you know, they sell out, they make it big right in the beginning, and then, like, 20 years later, they're nothing, and they're, you know, broke, and they're doing the same thing everybody else mm-hmm. is. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and that's a, that guy's a tough one, too, because, I mean, there have been bands that it's like, here's your record deal. You get X amount of dollars. What you have to do now is make make an album for us. And it has mm-hmm. to be it has to be this many songs. We're gonna cut some off and blah blah this that and the other. And that's produced and ready to go songs. And there have been bands that have squandered so much of their money that by the time they had an album to give to the record company at the end of it all, it's subpar. And the record company says, "That's it. We're done. That's yeah. like, you're, this is one album. Goodbye." You know, and it's that's a thing that happens too. You know, and. Uh, you can do it backwards, you know, and there's other ways that like punk bands, like there are a lot of them that like when they got their money, they didn't know what to do with it, you know? So some of them did goofy things like some 41 gets X amount of dollars from their record company to do a music video. So what they do is they went out and bought a bunch of toys and just had like an action figure. Like, oh. and it was just like they they put their faces on action figures and acted like they were playing guitar. <laughs> and then like, you know, there's like, Oh, the teenage mutant Ninja turtles are there. And then like, you know, there's a, the corn action figures are there and they had all these different, like, action figures showing barbies were there and you know like <laughs> batman was at the concert while you know so they just had like that was their music video so it's like how much did you spend on this hundred dollars like you get to pocket the rest you know and yeah. that's just how it works and i mean i think like blink 182 might have even did a music video where they walked around and just gave away money and it was just video <laughs> videotaping them giving away money because they had money for a music video it's like what are you gonna do i don't know, just walk around and give away this money and then videotape Damn. us and so i think that was i think that was a blink 182 music video if i'm not mistaken but like yeah, it's weird. I mean, like, there's not too many bands that end up making it big, which is kind of rough anyways. But, like, the like, like we are talking, you can almost DIY yourself into a better position than you would have been if, like, a record contract, you yeah. know, was signed. I remember um, MC Hammer was always one of those guys that talked a lot about that. He's like, I, I made more money selling um, albums out the trunk of my car than I ever did when I got a record deal. Um, I also believe MC Hammer got in trouble for tax, oh, he got tax, tax evasion. So that's yeah. probably why he made so much money uh, selling records out of the trunk of his car because yeah. he never reported it. But like, no. Suge Knight hung him at the building. Give me my money. Vanilla Ice, he did that too. Oh, was it Vanilla Ice? Yes, but I Okay. I am very well in on like, those two are like the opposite side of the same coin. It's the same It's the same exact thing. We're big. Big pants dancing, a one-hit wonders. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, unfortunate, but yeah, I dude, I and mean, that's the thing though too is like you don't know exactly how you're gonna, you know, how much you don't know how much it means to like anybody go buy their album online. Like, I I just listening to a musician the other day. He's like, I've got uh, albums for sale, and uh, I know not many people listen to CDs, but when you're done buying it, I really don't care what you do with it. And it was just like, you know, it's kind of like a, a like hmm thing to say but at the same time it's like that's funny and uh it's it's pretty honest like you use it as a coaster whatever you need you know it can just be like a display thing everybody listens to stuff digitally or if you got a you know cd player go ahead and 
pop it in your CD player and listen to it, you know, but yeah, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. How do bands sell stuff? And that's something I've been discussing with the guys in the three finger Betty camp, as far as like, how do you go about recouping any of the money that you, you know, use to like either make an album or your, the time you put into it? Or like, are we going to make a music video? Do we pay someone to produce it? How do you recoup any of your money from a music video? You, mm. you, yeah, you literally don't like you have to make one and use it as a tool for something else, like a promotional tool. So, I mean, there's all these different things where, it's not always easy to make money, but like, I don't think people realize how much, you know, how much it means to, you know, people like even just me having a podcast, to like look at my email and be like, Oh, somebody ordered a shirt. That's cool. You know? And it happens, you know, every week or so. And it's just like, this is really neat that somebody like uh, on their own free time, like went to my shop and bought a shirt, you know, same thing with bands. Somebody went and bought a t-shirt at the merch table. It's like, Oh, there you go. It's 10 bucks back, you know? And I mean, Granted, like $10 shirt, you probably paid seven or whatever to make it, but still it's like $3 you didn't have before, you know? So it's really cool to, to find that people are willing to support you that much, you know? And, um, it's, it also comes down to what kind of merch you want to make. I mean, I'm in a band named three finger Betty. When we, when our new album drops, we're going to change a handful of things, but like our old logos and stuff like that weren't like the most tasteful, awesome things people wanted to wear on t-shirts, which led to lower t-shirt sales, you know? So mm. it's like, you end up with this thing where it's like, ah, darn it. We should have not gone this route, but you don't know unless you try and yep, and, trial and error. Yeah. You know, so that's, you know, that was one reason I went really understated with the audible farm shirts was just like, if somebody really wants one, they'll buy one, you know? And then not only that, but like, if somebody wants to support the shirts, not like offensive. So they'll wear it somewhere still, you know, and it's not that the, the three finger Betty shirts were offensive, but people could easily look at them and be like, what in the heck is that shirt? You know? Mm. So it's like, uh, okay. Cause we had like a, an oversized pinup gal was like our, our, uh, like our mascot, I guess for okay. a while, um, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's just what it was. So like, that's what we had on our shirts and people were like, Oh, this is weird. You know, like, Odd. Fuck that! I would have yeah. thought that was awesome. Yeah, dude. That, some people did. I mean, like, I, I went. I recently went back to college, and some of the college kids were just like all about it. They were like, "This is awesome." And it's just like, yeah, you know, like I'm still kind of stuck in that mindset of like a 20 year old, where it's just like I kind of just want to just like do whatever I want to do, yeah. and and just and just screw the rest of the world. I mean, granted, like I've said, I'm about 30 some now, so I'm like a little bit more you know toned down, but mm. like I still have that mindset. I still feel like a 20 year old, so it's kind of fun to wear, you know a t-shirt with a fat lady on and be like, this is my band. You know, this is my thing I do, you know? And, uh, I don't know. It's just, you, we had to choose something and that's what we chose. And that was another thing where we gave the person, uh, that was doing the arcs. We chose somebody else to do the art for that. And it's like, here's a handful of things we, we think we should do. And that was like something they did was, uh, at one point in time specialized in pinup art. So it's just like, do some pinup art on this and see what you can come up with, you know? And, that was what he came up with. So, but artists are crazy. They can do all sorts of stuff. Like, um, that's one of my favorite things comes back to like paying someone to do the design. I could have done this, but it wouldn't have looked any good, you know, Yeah, just, yeah. you know, and I don't have the creativity and it's kind of fun when you give somebody, it's just like, what does your mind think of when you think of this, you know, mm, and that's, collaboration. that's the fun part about music and jam nights too. Like you go to jam nights, it's like, we're going to play a song. Like, what is it? It's like, it's my song. It's in these chords. And you're like, okay sounds good like i'll just play along we'll see what happens and then you throw solos in there and little bits of stuff and people are like that's that's really cool and it's like it doesn't everybody else do this when they're playing it's like i usually don't have anybody play with me at all and it's like well there you go now we made something that nobody else ever heard before and you know you know it's gonna hear never again and if nobody recorded it it's like something special one time you know lightning struck in a bottle and we captured it there for a little bit kind of deal and i like that yeah that's awesome that you're collaborating um 
we've been going for a while. Yeah. I think it's probably about time to wrap it up here. <laughs> almost cool. almost two hours, actually. Jeez. Jeez. But I guess before we um, get out of here, uh, what's you have anything to uh, – you have a lot to plug, I'm sure. Or, or not a lot to plug. What's what's all your information? Okay. Um, as far as, like, what I do for the podcast, it's Audible Farm Podcast. You can go to audiblefarm.com. There's links there to everything. Otherwise, um, I mean, we got links to the shop, the Patreon page, all the social media. Mm-hmm. It's at Audible Farm on all the social media if you're just on the social media. So check us out there. Um, you know, the whole like, follow, subscribe, rate, review, thumbs up, um, poke, whatever you got to do. Hit us with that. Three Finger Betty is at Three Finger Betty pretty much everywhere. It's a, a punk influence band. Punk is pretty broad range. It's like punk and rock and roll. We, we have like metal style drumming and... Um, you know, fast guitar solos. And it's a, it's a thing that's unique for sure. I'm also in a metal band called unity. We don't play too many shows, but, uh, when we do boy, howdy, uh, they come out in droves for it, which is pretty wild. So, um, you know, I've played some of my biggest crowds with, with the unity band. So uh, check them out. It's, it's a very awesome power metal style band. Um, otherwise those are the, the three big things I have to promote, <laughs> you know, um, check out my podcast. If you like, uh, you know, if you like what you hear here, you know, uh, maybe my podcast is something else you might enjoy. Yeah. No, I, w- I will say personally, I've, I, I have actively been listening to your podcast last week. I really do enjoy it. You have a good voice for radio. Um, good good fa- face for radio. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like I think you and I do very similar things. So, yeah, um, I really appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you giving us, you know, all your tidbits. If you ever need a guest for an episode, let me know. I'm yeah, always willing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, don't sell yourself short in what you're doing here too. I mean, that's something that definitely needs to be said. I, it's, it, I've been in your shoes right now. It's tough to be the person that's doing the interview being like, well, yeah. well thank you much. But like, very seriously, you're doing a, you're doing a due service, uh, to the community around you and for anybody that looks to partake. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to help you out as much as possible because like I said, we're, we're in this thing together, even though we're never going to, we're almost never going to have our paths cross uh, as far as like guests wise and things like that. So I want you to succeed as much as possible and, uh, we're not competing, you know, we're, we're yeah. in this together. So and that's important to remember in the music scene too. Like yeah. if, if everybody in your scene locked arms and promoted one band, like I, I always felt that way. If everybody in the Iowa music scene locked arms and said, this is Iowa's best band, the rest, the rest of the nation would take notice. Exactly. And exactly. it, and that's how it goes. And like, it, it's tough to get everybody on the same page, but here we are trying, man. Exactly. That's all we can do. Yep. All right, it's been a great fucking episode. Yeah, it's dude. been a great time having you on. I appreciate it. Um, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to have Eni the Jet in the studio. This has been a long awaited. He's a really big rapper out of Iowa City. Um, he's hitting 1Ks um, or, you know, Ks on his music. He's doing really well. That's crazy. Yeah. So make sure to check that episode out. It's going to be a great time. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Otherwise, I hope everybody's been enjoying themselves, hanging out, having a drink, whatever, chilling. It's been fun. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's been great. All right. Peace out, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's episode with Peter Stockdale. Great time, as always. Um, he's a very interesting character. He had a lot to say, and I really hope, like I said, I really hope to get him back. Um, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to have Benny the Jet on. Uh, he's, he's great. He's an interesting character. I really hope we can talk about a lot. Um, like I said previously, he's doing a lot in the scene. His his online presence is staggering and honestly very impressive for someone coming out of the Midwest. So yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, I hope everybody has been chilling, having a good time, and y'all have a good night. Peace.